And welcome back to the Film Slate Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Sheet, and I'm here with Chris Lucky and Lauren Kalukag. I'm <laughs> back, bitches. Hey. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's been so fucking long since you've been here. It is. I um, know. Do you remember what the last time you were? Um, was it was it Breakfast Club? I think um, Fifth Element Breakfast Club somewhere around there. I think Fifth Element was before, before Breakfast. Okay. It might have been, yeah, 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 it was Breakfast, breakfast Club. Yeah. Okay. yeah, which was right. like in May. 2017, 18, yeah. 2018, 2018. 2018. <laughs> God, Breakfast yeah. Club was that long ago? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, me. It was a butt yeah. time. I didn't feel like it was that long ago. And then, like, I yeah. looked at the podcast that you guys have been doing. I was like, first, I got really salty because you guys did some, like, you guys did um, I Saw the Devil. Yeah, we did do that, yeah. yeah. And Jonathan didn't even know what kind of Asian it was. I was like, oh, come on, guys. What kind of Asian? You're yeah. going to do some Asian film. No, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, that would that would have to perpetuate you guys doing white films with only white people. So, I, Actually, yeah. you know, to, to segue from uh, from the, the Asians in film and the, um, the uh, who's that Hughes, John Hughes movie, yeah, The John Breakfast Hughes. Club yeah. with Marlon Ringwald, we got a, a freaking um, some, some mail-in letters. Oh God! We got a few, a few mailings. We did. We got some mailing letters. No one, no one says. Okay, I learned from last time. Mm-hmm. No one sends mail. They do. Yeah, the mailbox <laughs> anymore. We got them. We got we a PO box. Uh, we share it with the Steve from Blue's Clues. Steve, yeah. yeah. We he, we get the song every time. Yeah. Just, Just get to it. Just get to <laughs> it already. Oh, right. we'll I don't be, know um, if I missed this. What did I get myself into? Uh, the first one we got from was uh, from Harry, a guy named Harry Balzania. Uh, he says, uh, <laughs> "Oh, not read, is he I, Russian?" Uh, Mr. Balzania, I'm, I'm not sure. He doesn't say where or he's Polish, from. Polish, maybe. Maybe uh, Harry Balzania. He might be Polish. Is that a Polish name, you think? Balzania. Maybe Polish, maybe some sort of Swedish. Swedish? Oh, Swedish. Swedish. Some, some okay. Swedish. Right, so, so he should be nice. Yeah. If nice not, guy. very pretty neutral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Harry Balzania, nice. he nice. says, I love all the episodes with Lauren. She's my favorite Asian female guest you guys have had on the show. <laughs> that's great Harry Balzania oh, oh thanks Harry oh, yeah. uh, specifically just Asian all right Asian female Asian, Asian female, female. Yeah, favorite oh, okay. Asian female we've had on this show today thank you thank that's you favorite. hey next time you give a compliment try using woman instead of female Ooh, Ooh. thanks God damn Harry Balzania we thought you were a great guy she's fucking you over now <laughs> well that's Harry Balzania we appreciate your letter hope you write that's in that's like saying soon. oh you're pretty good looking mm-hmm. for like a black guy yeah, I guess that sounds about right now. <laughs> That's like saying that. That's yeah, like, yeah. okay, yeah, but you were great. You were know, you were a great guest for an Asian woman. For an Asian woman, <laughs> yes, exactly. Like not just Asian people. Like there's been Asian men that we haven't. <laughs> or had on the just show. a woman. Or but just you know, it's, a, it's oh, cool. No, 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 no. It's we, cool. You're not. It's, you're not. The, I'm sure he he appreciates like Blair or what's the um the lady that did the um. I can't remember which episode she was on. She did. Uh, she drew for me one time. She oh, Liz. Liz, I'm sure. Like, you know, there's been other women, but specifically Asian women. Here's the problem. I feel like he could name every male guest you guys have had. He doesn't care about the male guests. No, I'm not talking about Harry Balsam. I'm past Harry. I'm talking about Chris. Chris could probably <laughs> what, 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 name this? every how, male how guest you guys have had, but the out of like the handful of women you've had on the podcast, he's mm. like, what's that one? Which one is she talking about? Which one? The one that you just couldn't list, the one that did the drawing for you. You couldn't even remember who that was. Oh, no. I, for, I forgot. I forget everyone's name. There was someone that I can't remember their name right now. She was at Brian's party. And she, I was, she was a really good friend. And I can't think of her name at all. She. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it wasn't a he. It was a she. Yeah. yeah. I, I wish I knew who the fuck it was. She, she was the one you were talking about Adventure Time. Oh, um, uh, blah, blah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm, I'm not gonna go thinking about his name. I was very drunk, yeah, admittedly. Yeah, uh, my birthday, Tatiana, was, Tiana, 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 yeah, yeah. to me forever. Like, I'm not gonna be able to think of yeah. anybody's name. But what does it have to do with me? We're talking about Harry Balls on you right now. 
All right. You trying to bring this back around to me? I'm trying to. I'm just trying to relay a message right, no, from bet, Harry Balls on bet, bet, Yeah. Okay. You want to? You want to? I'm play showing that you some cool. of my solidarity. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm kind of with you on this kind one of, so far. Kind of. Well, right, so get ready to tip the scales, my friend. That was, was Harry Balls on you. We appreciate that letter that we got in the snail mail. Uh, the next thing we got was from a uh, Richard Swinger. A uh, Richard Swinger. All right. Oh, Dick Swinger. I, I don't know where you he's get that from. Actually, he's actually an old uh, school friend, uh, grade you, school you friend of mine. You know Richard Swinger? Yeah. Turns what? out his name is also his hobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old Dick Swinger. Yeah. Uh, he, says, uh, he says, so glad that Lauren is back on the show. Having her on the show highlights how awesome Chris is, and I love that. You know, mm. that's, that's, that's a weird compliment. It sounds like he was just really trying to compliment me. Wow. You know, really, but I, I don't... You know, typically, I'm only a manic pixie to people that I like, but hmm. I guess to the people I dislike as well, I can come off that way. Yeah. So I appreciate Fantastic. that, Richard Swinger. You know, he's looking um, out for you. And the last one we got was uh, from... Um, Dick Swinger. It hasn't changed No, no. Richard Swinger. Richard Swinger. And the last one was from uh, Molly Ringworm. Uh, she says... Uh, <laughs> This, this is real. These are real people. I'm saying these are real people. All right. This is a Molly Ringworm. She says, "Hi FFS. I wanted to write in and tell Lauren how great I think she is, but I was worried that she wouldn't be able to read it. You know, because the whole illiteracy thing. But, uh, but anyway, you guys take care, and I love you. So Molly, here's my question to you, darling. Mm -hmm. How the fuck did you write that? <laughs> What do you mean? Like, she can write. She was saying that she didn't know if you would be able to comprehend what uh -huh. she wrote. So she didn't write anything mm -hmm. to you. So she wrote it to yeah. me to read it. Yeah. But to be able to be literate, mm -hmm. part of that is being able to write. And if the no. umbrella, no, she's if not, the umbrella. She's not questioning her literacy. Oh, but she's a woman, right? Yeah. yeah. So if the umbrella is about being a woman. Hold on. You're saying that women in general can't read? I'm saying or, that or just... Molly Ringworm mm -hmm. needs to reevaluate herself. Uh, I don't, I don't know. She was just trying to give a compliment. This is like you know? watching the Cold War. She was, she was trying <laughs> to give a compliment. This is mutually assured destruction. This is what this who's is. who? Um, I, just, I, who's Soviet Union and who's America? I would love to be Soviet Union. Yeah, I was gonna give. I was gonna give you Soviet Union. <laughs> you know, I think for once I can I can represent America. The, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that because that's a dig at the entire social political system yes. of America. <laughs> that's, that's, all, that's all the letters we had. We had come in. Um, okay. Yeah, most of them were about you. So um, that, was, that was nice. All right, great. So, anyways, that. Brian, how yes. have you been? Mm, it's been I'm, way too long. I have mm. been good. I have graduated school. Yes. I have been trying to get a job, which has been unsuccessful thus far. Mm. Fuck the process of getting jobs. I hate it. It's exhausting. Well, you yeah. know, there's not much demand right now for Glory Hole um, yeah. oh. spots. Gl Glory so. Hole specialist. Yeah, Glory oh. Hole. Glo yeah, Glory Hole specialist. So oh. I'm telling you, Brian, you need to start exploring other fields. I do, but like Glory Hole is my passion, and I, I which, kinda, which, which side are you on? Are you? We don't. You don't ask a Glory Hole specialist okay. that question. Okay. Right. It's like asking a magician to mm. reveal his tricks. Okay, it's a trade secret. God. So are, 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 are you pin or are like you teller I, in I, this situation in the glory hole? As if Chris was an already insensitive enough, how is it in 2019 he's become even more insensitive? Jesus. I thought saying. we were supposed to see growth over the years, not declination. Listen, sometimes there are positive character arcs in cinema, yes. and sometimes there are negative character arcs in cinema. Yes. We're well, still figuring yeah. out where he's landing. I'm a classic antagonist. There's going to be no growth. I'm just pushing people. Oh, no. But yeah, the Glory Hole Specialist job hunting has been a little bit on the decline. They're hard. I have to go all the way to like Matthews and like a sketchy bar somewhere. Mm, um, mm. Gastonia I, might yeah. do you Ooh, some good. I know Fayetteville yeah. does. That's like legit. 
legit fuck Fable. folks in Fayetteville. Well, not know. Fayetteville, uh, fucking Florida. Oh, Florida. Well, you're yeah. not wrong about Fayetteville either. <laughs> 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 yeah, no. um, but yeah, no, I've been good. Just trying to find a job, doing some freelancing, trying not to, you know, be exhausted by the... Job places annoy me when they're like, you put in a PDF copy of your resume. Yeah. yeah. And then the next page is just like, fill out everything that your resume just has said. just said. Yeah. Like, yeah. just don't... Don't make me put in the PDF if mm-hmm. you want me to fucking write everything down because it's for quicker reference, I guess. But like, fuck so off. here, here, here it is. So right. I, um, I have a new job. I'm a corporate pig now. Hold on now. When Wait. Is that? So you're not at Red Ventures anymore? I'm still with Red Ventures, okay. but I don't work for Red Ventures Sales Center. Okay. I am a uh, coordinator for the social impact team, their nonprofit team. Okay. Yeah. So now I have fulfilling work, guys. I'm oh. Giving back to my communica- <laughs> nice. community. But um, so I actually do a lot of the recruiting. And so the reason why we ask you guys to right. be so redundant and then even like and then when you make it to interview, even though we know all the answers to the questions, yeah. we still ask them is for consistency. Right. You know what I mean? To like double check. Yeah. Which I figured you, it was yeah, the case. Credibility and stuff like that mm-hmm. because we want to make sure that you bring in that same energy every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Right. You feel that me? answer so. made me like clench my asshole with rage. Mm-hmm. That oh. last bit of like the. <laughs> bring the same energy. Yeah, it's just like, ah. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing that's made me angrier than that. Than people saying yeah. that phrase? Just, or just, or phrase. just saying, the fact that. Saying that energy. We just want you to be the best worker you can be. Bring that same energy. So, fuck, I'm getting paid. Be fuck the you. best <laughs> on your worst day. Okay. Uh, yeah. Have you heard, th- have you guys watched that on Netflix? Um, await, await for instructions or something no. like that. Waiting no. for further instructions. Mm-mm. It's a really good, I, it got a little cheesy at the end, but I mean, it was, I think the only way they could have, revealed the the sort of like monster in the dark right but um it's a it's like a sci-fi horror movie okay i just got diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder oh, cool. i went to okay. a th- i went to a therapist hmm? tell me more I, about that because i'm not familiar i've never heard it yeah it was referred I, to as generalized i'm just anxious about everything that's okay, really okay. what it means just like every day of your life you walk away feeling like something's gonna hit you in the face yeah. That's what that fucking feels like. Yeah. Uh, so I finally went to a, like I a counselor. It's just all anxiety in general. Um, well, it's generalized because it's prevalent, like almost all of the time. Oh. You know, so like everything makes you moderately anxious, mm. severely anxious. Mm. Uh, so I got diagnosed with that shit. So now I'm taking care of that. Got psychological evaluations, psychiatric evaluations for like medicine and figuring out like what the root source of the thing is. So Did that's they, give you, nice. they give you meds? Not yet. They're trying to see if I get meds. Oh, man, please, okay. God, if you get those meds. Yeah. I, I went, when, um, when I, I had to go to the... Um, he's, he's been looking for a plug. <laughs> I have been looking for a plug. Now, this is why. Um, I told you how I... Um, I think when Devin was on the show and we talked about... Uh, we were doing... Um, uh, intol- not Intolerable Cruelty. Um, the one with Angelina Jolie and uh, one on a rider where they're inside of a psychiatric ward. Oh, uh, I'm going to interrupt. Go interrupt it. We're doing Growth Interrupted. Devin was there and he's talking about his time in the psych ward and I'm talking about my time in the psych ward and I forgot where I was going with this story. Drugs? Yeah, Related why you drugs? needed Brian's be the plug. Oh, here yeah. we go, the plug. So <laughs> so while I'm in there, you know, I got diagnosed with a number of things or whatever. My, I was a suicide attempt and everything. Yeah. And um, they end up giving these these pills. I have to look up the name of it. It starts with a C. But um, it made me feel a lot better. But the side effects is why I want these drugs again. 
Brian, when I tell you, it kept my dick on hard and it was almost impossible to have an orgasm. Almost impossible. Like you would just be sitting there pounding. Like it is like it doesn't matter what kind of stimulation you have going on around you. Like it's just it's just throbbing and won't come out for a long time. It's good. Did they like mix Viagra? No, man, no, no. I'll look it up. I'll look it up on on break. It starts with a C, but it's it's a it's a um It's like a known side effect for that. It's a known side effect. So here's my question though. This is something that like kind of like boggles me when it comes to men. Women, we are like aching to orgasm like we right. are chasing that orgasm where yeah. men they not they're not really like when it comes to sex it's like i feel like you guys are there for a long are really pushing for longevity but for longevity it's hard it ends up being that you guys never climax but uh, it, it depends like with women they're not going to get an orgasm through penetration every time so mm-hmm. you kind of are chasing like let me get that mm-hmm. but with a guy as soon as your dick goes in something you can you, we could make it happen like we can make it happen whenever we want it to happen. We, so we're just trying to make, prolong it as long as possible. We did, we, we have a simpler, I think, pleasure mechanism. Yeah. Um, like in terms of like 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 it's just easier to achieve orgasm mm-hmm. okay. as a man. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, like if you've got a partner, I feel I, I reckon like sometimes you want to delay your own so that you could help mm-hmm. them reach theirs because they take longer or yeah. they're more complicated. Fair. That's kind of okay. what it is. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, but you're right. Yeah, men, men, dicks are simple. Yeah, and vaginas are uncomplicated, but they're they're like we just have more moving parts. So instead of like step one and two, you have like step three, four, five, six, seven. Right. Yeah. And with some people, eight and nine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, Um, but yeah, no, dicks are like step one, two, and then like all right, we're good. All right. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, have but you, have y'all seen anything at all? Uh, pff, uh, what have I seen? I've been watching. I, I started watching the Fire documentary from Hulu. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Everyone. I heard that was better than that. the Netflix one. Well, the Netflix one is made by the so the fire people, one, yeah. The, yeah, it's made by the marketing agency that marketed the the Fire documentary. Yeah. Okay, so they're the trying to put festival. a positive spin on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, essentially, because like Hulu made theirs, and they were just like, all right, well, I guess we got to come up with our own side of the story and then publish it through yeah. Netflix. Oh, okay. Um. Um. But it was like I. I could not care any less about a situation than mm. this fucking fire festival. Yeah. And like, I watched the documentary. I watched like 20 minutes of it. And I was just like, they were trying to play it as like a, the guy that was like selling the pitches to everybody. Like he's like a tragic like character in the story that got used by another entity or whatever. And it was just like, dude, you've been like, you've been like snake oil selling for like your entire career. Like, the, I don't feel bad for you. The Hulu the, one was painting the, the main guy as like a victim in it. It wasn't, it wasn't one of the main guys. It was uh, the guy that was always on telly appearing for, he wasn't a funder. He was like the, he was a founder, but he wasn't giving money into the show. Like he took investors money and then funded the, the white guy that was working directly with Ja Rule. Uh, maybe okay. I think so. I don't remember his name, but no, it was like one of the key characters. Yeah. They were just kind of like, yeah, they just try to play him off as like he was used by a corporate entity or like Bajar Rule or something. And oh, I was just no. like, nah, you're definitely the guy that like just fucked everybody over. Yeah. So yeah. don't feel bad for Apparently you. Apparently, one of his like gay friends too. So I was on a pod, another podcast this past Wednesday. Yes. You cheating on us yes, on yes, other podcasts? What podcast what the fuck? Yes, I did. And you, you podcast can whore. suck my big oh, fat my God. toe. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Anyways, that's more offensive than saying dick or clit, in my opinion. If you tell someone toe. to suck your big fat toe, that's uh, a little my more offensive. My toes are pedicured, thank you. Yeah, right, listen, fair enough. All right, it would be an honor to suck my big fat toe. Oh goodness! All right. But anyways, yeah. so back on shit. I yeah. am. Um, 
I, or rather, I was on a podcast call. Well, they haven't released their name yet. It's right. fairly new. So okay. uh, just know that they have super introspective talks, okay. like topics like expectations or what's the point, um, ex- except, you know, they're not like censored in any way. So okay. they just say whatever the fuck they want. Kind of like, you know, the catch up portion of this show. Okay, cool. So, um, they he one of the guys watched it and said that part part of the story was that they got a friend of theirs um be, to go pick up some waters for the show oh yeah and they didn't have money to pay the guy yeah. so they thought in their ultimate genius that they could just pretend it was like a porn porno and try and convince the guy to give them the water if they sucked his dick off. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah, that was like, the, his yeah. name was Andy. Yeah. Um, he's big, He's been a big thing on the internet. Yeah. Like when the festivals were being talked about. Oh, really? A lot, yeah, because like, it was. he walked into that interview saying like, and I was fully prepared to suck, suck his, his dick. dick. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Like, he said that on Netflix too, yeah. It's like, Andy, oh my guy. My guy. Yeah. Like, fuck. It's not that is it, a man. ride or die. Yeah, like, yeah. He's a straight rider. For yeah. real. <laughs> Well, the only people I feel bad for in that uh-huh. <laughs> the only people I feel bad about in that situation are the uh, the natives, the people that live there. Yeah. There was the uh, the lady that was just giving out food from a restaurant to just try to help all the people that were working on it, the natives there, and she ended up getting screwed out of thousands on thousands of dollars. So yeah. like, I don't I don't feel bad about the people that thought they were going to see a great concert and spent fifteen thousand dollars and mm-hmm. their money was gone. Don't feel bad for them. Don't no. feel bad for Ja Rule. Don't feel bad for the guy that he was working with. For the but, locals, but I feel bad for the locals. What, yeah. what island was this on? Uh, I, can't uh, I don't remember either. Bahamas crew somewhere. Yeah, okay. something like that. Um, yeah. But I watched I've that, and I do. I couldn't care less about any situation, just at all. Okay. Um, and the documentary wasn't that good. Wasn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Just uh, watching a lot more Steven Universe. I'm still enjoying the shit out of the show. I mm-hmm. think it's you great. haven't you haven't finished it out yet? No, I just started. Well, because because me and Annie, uh, my girlfriend, we started watching it together. Your woman is a fantastic woman. I haven't even met her yet, and I already really like her. (laughs) Like, I have been, like, gunning for Steven Universe takeover for, like, the longest time, and it makes me so happy. Yeah, and it's so fucking good and so wholesome. And, like, people gave it so much shit. Um, like on the internet, it receives so much like bad. Really? So I didn't see that last week. I have never heard anything yeah. bad about it. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like I've only heard amazing things. There's like a whole cult mm-hmm. following. Well, not cult following, but there's a whole huge fan base. Yeah, and, like, it is. yeah. yeah. And um, uh, well, I I cosplayed as Steven. Hell yeah, um, gender bended Steven. Really? Um, for Heroes Con last year. That's what's up. So, That's but pretty cool. I was gonna say, so what? What season are you on? What part I'm the first of the story one. arc? I'm like, oh, okay. Season one, episode forty-six. I was yeah. okay. I was wondering because you said it was wholesome. I was like, yeah, it's pretty wholesome, but yeah. it gets super dark, it does get, it and does that's get dark. why it it's had that like long-lasting effect. Effect, yeah. yeah. I, re- I really dig it. I really, really, really dig it. And nice. like, I was like, I don't know where you, what's fit. Yeah. Well, if you haven't already. There's already been a couple of episodes that I just been like, fuck. So I've been watching the, I'm watching the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just true crime shit. Listening yeah. to a lot of true crime podcasts is kind of my jam. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what, I've been, that's what I've been doing. Nice. And I finally looked at the footage for Mr. Clean. Yeah. Uh, and How'd it come out? It, some of it looked up pretty fucking great. Nice. You know? Like I did a basic color grade on one of the scenes. I yeah. synced up some of the audio. It's mm. not looking bad at all. Hell yeah. Um, so we'll Sick. see how that goes. Nice. Yeah. Nice. How about you? You see anything wrong? 
Um, I've been watching a lot of just Netflix and Hulu. I went to the movie theaters to watch. What did I go to the theaters to watch? Oh, uh, Broly. Oh, oh hell yeah. The Broly yep. movie, mm-hmm. sure um, which I know you guys I have talked about love that. plenty. Love that. Uh, <laughs> you know that, uh, I think my biggest qualm with that movie, I was like, I was bought in, I was with it, and then I found out what fucking um, Frieza's Nana. reason <laughs> to get the goddamn balls. I mean, don't you love him for that? Though? Was for no. <laughs> hold on, all right, hold on. No, so you don't, you don't feel that Bulma was just as petty as Frieza. Yeah, but his ball, like Bulma, like her yeah, but character. What? But what? What? <laughs> like she was just like she wanted to lose. It like was how a much stupid was it? per it was yes. they both had really stupid reasons They're equal. for They're the balls. Equal in my eyes. But here's the thing, here's the thing. You have to understand like the, the, the has who they are. Like no, Bulma, besides the Bulma is just, just who she is. <laughs> yeah. Bulma is just like, I mean, she's a like a woman that wants to be young. Where Arya is fucking Frieza, he's this badass, like super villain, and his his reason is not more power, total domination, no. making sure all the sands are dead. His wish is to fucking grow taller and not even significantly taller. Yeah, that's but biased. Like, that's pretty biased. Like I'm like I'm I'm looking at it like straight down the line. Like why couldn't she take the balls and then get rid of evil, destroy hit, destroy all the, these terrible people? That's not Bama's job. That's Goku's job. But, but it's like, not Frieza's job either. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, like they're, they're well, both here's petty. the thing. No, here's the thing. Frieza is a villain. Bama okay. is a like. She's awesome. She's badass, but she's yeah. also a side character. But that's true. But also, like the Dragon Balls can't do everything. So like Shenron has limited like power within the Dragon Ball universe. Yeah. So yeah. I'm 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 like Bulma couldn't have done that because I feel like that would be outside Shenron's power mm-hmm. to begin with. Okay. But What's like it, not age? to like no to like get rid of evil and, uh, and whatnot okay. just because you got to yeah. go the universal Dragon Balls. Right. You got to get the, the the super Dragon Balls. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. But but I think Frieza reason is hilarious because he's the baddest motherfucker in the universe mm-hmm. like what is the baddest motherfucker gonna wish for and he only he's wanted got to everything. grow like three inches so it wouldn't no. be too obvious, no, wanted to be obvious. Was, yeah. he just growing. wanted to give off the idea that he's still growing he's still right, a grown yeah. boy he definitely is <laughs> dumb as shit yeah. I love that I uh, fucking love that movie I love that the plot was just an excuse to get these like big beefy motherfuckers fighting yes. yeah. yeah yeah. well apparently I mean yeah apparently you know it's supposed to be a 4D movie so yeah, that's fucking. I mean, fucking great. Go Japan. <laughs> I think the only time I've been to a 4D like kind of situation was mm-hmm. um, at Disney World, mm-hmm. the Lilo and Stitch um, one, where Experiment Six Two Six is trying to escape. Right. What does 4D mean? Like that's when like they spray mist or bubbles or something. Yeah. Like that? yeah so okay. you know how 3D like it comes out, mm-hmm. comes out of the screen. It's a lot screen, so yeah. it adds in the extra senses there where okay. you can like smell things, yeah. feel things. Fun fact: there was one an idea of like trying to do like. Like smell a vision and a cinema, but they couldn't do it because the smells would linger and it would create this cacophony of like sense that would like just destroy the theater. People well, couldn't. They sit would there. need better ventilation in yeah, the theaters for one, mm-hmm. which the ventilation in there already is garbage. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, but yeah, Broly movie, fucking fantastic. Awesome. Anything else that you've seen? That you... Um, and then yeah, so I've just been watching. I know the new season for Homeland's coming out, so okay. I've been watching the seasons for those. So going on. Yeah, how many, yeah. How many seasons well, is that? um, it's gonna drop its seventh season. Really? It's what? really. I, so this is my first time ever watching it. My first yeah. go go around with that. So, um, I, I've been really hooked. I've been digesting it like a maniac. Uh, maniac was dope. Maniac was really really sure good. Enough. Um, oh the 
any i watched the what is it banshee no not banshee what the fuck is that uh bandersnatch, bandersnatch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. About that. yeah bandersnatch about bird box yeah, yeah we did okay. and I New Year's. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um you hate bird box so i hate i hate it oh, whatever <laughs> i could i could literally like go rounds with people just trying to defend bird box but it's cool right. it's whatever this is not what this podcast is about oh. <laughs> <laughs> how's the food in canada it is very good. Yeah. It is very good. What like was the, your favorite thing that you ate? Um, Shanghai noodles. Okay. Yeah. I find that Asian food is so good. It is. Everywhere yeah. else but America. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't have much reference. Yeah. No, because like in Paris, <laughs> best fucking Chinese food I had ever had. Okay. Also in Paris, best Vietnamese food I ever fucking had. Right. Sorry, that just really fucking got me because it looked like it was going to be like such high regard. <laughs> Like sh- fucking Asian food is amazing, mm. except, except America. Here. Fuck America. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I mean, it's good here, but then you have it somewhere else, and you're like, holy shit, okay. I've been eating garbage. So, um, but yeah, and then I whenever I asked my friends, oh, so what did you eat there? I was like, oh, they named some Asian dish, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> it wasn't Asia, but all right. Yeah. So. Shanghai noodles. Shanghai noodles. I mean, we we ate at um, a Korean barbecue place. I mean, it was mostly just Asian food or Thai. I mean, it was it was it was so much good. Yeah, Yeah. really good food. Hell yeah. But um, as far as things that I saw this uh, week, I seen a velvet buzz saw. Oh yes, I watched that too. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you like it? It was alright. Really? (laughs) I. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to hear like kind um, of your. It's from the same uh, director from um, uh, the Night Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler from Nightcrawler. Yeah, Nightcrawler. So mm-hmm. I mean, they teamed back up again in this movie, and you kind of see what he does as a director. If you see Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. he's taking on the underworld of uh, news and just seeing how dark and terrible it can be in the underbelly of the news. And in this one, he's uh, tackling like the underbelly of art society and the mm-hmm. art world. Right. So I mean, that's kind of his thing. And I wasn't super as interested in the art world and and I'm just not very familiar with it at, on top of that. Right. And then it was it like a mythical type of element that's kind of odd. Or supernatural. Yeah, super, yeah, I, yeah, I supernatural. think I'd rather go yeah, supernatural. Yeah, supernatural. Yeah. A supernatural thing that's just kind of odd that's puzzling and didn't really connect. I mean, it's supposed to go, the Velvet Buzzball is supposed to be like art and then you're supposed to appreciate art and the last scene has um, John Malkovich creating art in sand as the water washes it away. It's like temporary right. art, just ex- experience it, then it goes away. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's supposed to be the message, but I just didn't enjoy it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I only watched about 30 minutes of it. Uh, and then you got sick. Well, I didn't, I didn't get sick. I was just wasn't invested yeah. okay. in it. Um, yeah, yeah. what do you think about it? Well, because <laughs> I don't know, like I, I thought it was a very uh, visually mm-hmm. beautiful movie. I agree with that. Right. Oh, and yeah. so that really kept me captivated. Yeah. But when it came to the supernatural part and trying to connect it to like, I guess the, the art part, I feel like there wasn't a strong enough like um, bridge right. between the two. Yeah. So I think the overall idea and the execution visually awesome mm-hmm. but was it did it translate well not really yeah okay. yeah. yeah that's velvet buzzsaw um the last thing i seen was awesome russian doll oh yeah i haven't seen oh. that oh my god i've heard some really good things about that yeah. oh natasha leon i couldn't remember like he was like do you who was that and i was like i just remember her name and i know i associated with something good right. but she was in orange is the new black she okay. plays um she's a lesbian yeah, yeah. nikki yeah nikki yeah but um apparently she's the redhead yeah. Okay. Well, gotcha. Is she redhead? In the, it's kind of blondish. No, she's a ginger. All right. 
And then, yeah. I yeah. think about red all the time. Well, you know, anyway, yeah. That's red, red. But yeah, it's, it's ginger, right? But yeah, uh, R- Russian doll. She like orange. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Russian doll is awesome. <laughs> Russian doll is very good. And then, like, I look to see the writers in that. You know how many men are on the, the staff? None. Zero. Yeah. Not nice. one. Not one. And the Russian doll is good. It's, it's very, very good. Very good. I'm talking Hi. about so good that it's not going to get a third season. That good. <laughs> Is they tied I, up the story wait, pretty so, well, or ah, what do you so mean? it's a telly show? I thought it was a film. It's episodic. Uh, no, it's, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. It's um. It's the it's Groundhog Day, like the uh, the Bill Murray thing, to mm-hmm. where things keep repeating over and over, or the lived out repeat that we were talking about last week, to where it's just you have to continue to live the same scenarios over and over until you figure out how to fix your life, right. type of thing. But in this one, there's multiple people that are all tied together that are trying to help each other and fix the world or fix mm-hmm. themselves, mm-hmm. basically. Fuck yeah. But um, it's yeah. good. Like B plus, good show. Highly recommend to watch. I didn't think it would be like a two, a multiple season deal, so I think it's interesting that you feel like it might have a second season. It is, yeah. She's already writing for the second season now. Oh, okay, because mm-hmm. I feel like something like with that kind of uh, plot where it's mm-hmm. like you Groundhog Day. It's like a one-off. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's just like, oh yeah, it's gonna be like a six part because it would have been a four-hour movie mm-hmm. if we didn't break it up. But yeah. Right. yeah. The way they did it is um, you can she doesn't even have to be in next season at all. You know, you can just have two separate people that are stuck in this situation, looping their lives. So Hmm. she's a main writer on there. Amy Poehler is um, a part time writer. She was a producer on there as well. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I I can't wait to see what they do next year. There might be the last season after two. But um, first season, good. I I recommend it it highly. It's very good. Have you guys seen Kingdom? No. Um, Kingdom is a it's a Netflix original korean um like horror take that takes place in medieval korea and um do you guys you you guys watch uh train to busan right yeah so you guys well brian you kind of did you like train to busan so it it's the same take on like zombies Mm -hmm. but different a little bit Okay. Oh. So it's a, it's a zombie. It's a zombie um, show. Yeah. I think I, I think yeah. I recognize what you're talking about because I saw the trailers on Netflix. But yeah, Koreans do really really well yeah. with their zombies. Ah, Korea is a shit, man. Yeah. Korea makes and some just really good content. In general. But I think yeah. it's just because like, and me and Blake were talking about this over mm-hmm. dinner one time. We were just like, I think that the the level at which or how you can kind of tell. Um, if something's going to be really, really good is whether or not the creator of that particular piece mm-hmm. trusts its audience to be smart enough to understand what's going on. Yeah. But there's like a delicate balance because then you have like the super avant-garde films yeah, where they're just like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like sometimes it's almost reaching, but then you don't want to dumb it down so much to where it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, I know what's going to happen next. Yeah. And so I think the Koreans and, you know, other other ethnicities but no. <laughs> cultural particularly like but korean really cinema well. is particularly good at yeah. like respecting their audience mm-hmm. and, and their filmmaking like i fucking love korean cinema mm-hmm. and japanese cinema too for this but particularly yes. japanese horror is really good at that yeah yes. um but anyway i guess that's a conversation oh, for another day la- oh, la- uh-huh. the very last thing very quick i played red dead Redemption 2 loved it beat that thing in one week that game Jesus is Christ. amazing one nice. week one week wow one week was it like story after story mission? So went, how many hours of gameplay did you get in? I don't know together? what the full, I don't know what, what it starts at, but I started on a Sunday like afternoon yeah. and I played like for 20 hours straight that Sunday. Straight? Okay. And then went to work on like four hours sleep Monday, came back, played. <laughs> I, I basically played like anytime that I wasn't at work, I was playing right. the game and I wasn't getting eight hours of sleep. For okay. like, you probably got like 60 to 80 hours of gameplay. In Holy cow. I, I was yeah. getting it. 
I got it. Yeah. And for the last like 20 hours, I just did main quest alone, no side quest to get to the end. Right. That game is oh, very good. Oh, okay. So that's how you completed it in a week is because yeah. you didn't side quest. Okay. I did it right. at the beginning. The first half I side quest, but the second half I said, fuck all the side quests because the game kind of just trudges along a little bit. But mm-hmm. that's it. Red Dead Redemption 2 was awesome. I recommend it. Ryan, Brian, you talked I about it. I recommend that too. I fucking yeah. love that shit. Hardcore. It's great. Yep. Um, yeah. I play Resi, Resi 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm-hmm. Fucking fantastic. Hell yeah. Okay. Both games. Fantastic. Cool. I'll talk about them later. Sweet. Um, but yeah, as of right now, we're going to cut and then we're going to talk about our movie, uh, which is Brick by Rian Johnson. Hey. Talk to you guys a little bit. And welcome back. Chris, do your Hi. thing. <laughs> All right, uh, we're doing Brick. It's a rated R movie that came out in 2005, listed as a drama crime mystery. One hour and 55 minute runtime. Uh, the rundown is after receiving a frantic phone call from his ex girlfriend, teenage loner Brendan Fry, played by Joseph Gordon Lovett, awesome. Check you out. Hey, uh, learns that her dead body has been found. Vowing to solve her murder himself, he must infiltrate high school cliques that he previously avoided. His search for the truth places him before some of the school's roughest characters, leading to a confrontation with a drug dealer known as The Pen. Uh, the writer-director is Rian Johnson. You'll know him from The Last Jedi or Looper. Yep. Uh, it stars a couple a, of us are Breaking Bad, too. Oh, I know that. Yeah. Nice. Uh, it stars Joseph Gordon-Lovett, uh, Lucas Haas as The Pen, Noah Fleece as Tug, and Megan Good as Kara. The whole time I was watching this movie, there was one pervasive thought in my head. What? And that was like, where the fuck are anyone's parents? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we met the pins mom. Mm-hmm. The pins mom, yeah, the only person. Yeah, it's just, it's just like this. Uh, so it's funny because the pin is like the oldest person, right? He's like twenty six or yeah. some shit like that. Um, I think there's a, like so. Rian Johnson, mm-hmm. notoriously good filmmaker. Like mm-hmm. I, I think he's just fantastic. Um, but of course, this is like this is a film noir movie, mm-hmm. like traditionally film noir. Oh yeah. Um, I'm gonna like I call it neo noir, but. Mm-hmm. Just fucking just because it's new age, but they follow all the traditions of right, yeah, yeah. Like, like it's a modernized version of yeah. like what film noir was. So oh, I yeah. call it neo noir, yeah. but just follows all of the tropes so amazingly well. Yes, mm-hmm. and I actually it, like went ahead and broke all. <laughs> did you? That's fucking awesome. Nice. Yeah. Um, and like, but the interesting thing, like, I, I, like this movie is so interesting because of the setting. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the fact that Rian just switched the setting around and set it in a high school mm. where like the dialogue sounds straight out of like a 1950s crime novel. Mm-hmm. The, like just the, the situations are like this dramatic, heavy, like life or death situations, yeah. but it's all in a high school. And like the meeting spots are just like, yeah, you know where I eat lunch. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck is that? Like that tonality of like the, the, the completely asynchronous setting and the just the tonality of a like film crime noir is just mm-hmm. work really fucking well in this film. This this is one of the few movies, like three or four movies that I can think of that I've ever seen to where I'm on your your train, Brian, with mm-hmm. um how you love heavily stylized movies. Right. Uh, this is the one that st- the style outbeats the substance like so the substance is there but how stylized it is like if you if you try to watch this movie and try to like use logic and you don't disregard like how implausible the plot is mm-hmm. then it's kind of just like what the fuck is it like the, where are the parents like this isn't realistic people don't talk like this this is like if you go somebody that, please call the cops yeah 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 then it's, like, Anybody, it's, please. It's, it's not a good movie you look at it for that but it's just like for the style and the, he nailed exactly what he was doing oh, yeah. with the, with this noir it reminded me of and i, I wish i would have said something to you when we 
you were asking about um, crime noir, and I only said the uh, Chinatown, mm-hmm. the Maltese Falcon. That's oh, what I thought yeah. about. Maltese Falcon. I'll still, time, I'll still go home and watch it. The whole time <laughs> watching that, I kept thinking about the Maltese Falcon. Uh, shout out to Dan Kava. He put me on a long time ago. Mm-hmm. That's his favorite movie. But um, but yeah, as far as noir, like he nailed that shit, man. Yeah. No, I, I, I had a... So the first time I watched it was actually just two weeks ago. Right. Um, and this film was shot in 2005, 2003, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I instantly fell in love with the fact that... Th- well, first it was... Joseph Gordon Levin, right, of but course. also the the aesthetic of the entire film. I was just living for every second of it. <laughs> and you guys know, and listeners know that, like, if there's anything I love and obsess about on in any film, first is the is the costume design. Costume design yeah. right. and they did such a good job. I mean, obviously that was the style of the times, but like watching it like what what uh 15 years later yeah, it's kind right. of like oh my god yeah. <laughs> it's so I, cute I, I didn't think about that but like the the outfits were so yeah. 2005 right but it, what's funny is that it's like kind of almost recycling like there are right. elements of it that are being recycled right now so it's it has that it still has that sort of timeless appeal mm. because of what's trending now right. um but yeah, I thought it was really, really awesome. And like the second I started watching, I was like, oh, this is crime noir. Yeah. This is fucking Do you know immediately shit. from the get-go. Yeah. So um. he did a really good job and it wasn't muddied or anything like that. Um, and it'll like, I think it could almost err on the side of trying too hard with the dialogue, but right. it somehow made it work really really well yeah, yeah and I, I thought about that too but the dialogue is my favorite part of the um, fucking film yeah. um, I just love the way everybody talks particularly like Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Brendan in this one because he talks mm-hmm. so quickly and confidently like mm-hmm. it, it's just like wow it's like straight out of like cowboy bebop and you he know? expresses <laughs> like his expressions on his face and just like <laughs> Blake said his, his eyebrow control is mm. just so perfect and spot on every time yes, what really kind of bothered me because like i don't think people fall like this when they get hit every mm. single time is how he would fucking fall when he would get punched in the face like he would just like <laughs> flail his whole body granted like the people he were he was fighting were like double his size easily right, right. in muscle mass but yeah. like i don't know I, that that was like he that was probably the, the my biggest thing, thing. Was, like he ragdolled yeah. every time but he got up and he always kept doing that was up. like yeah joseph gordon levitt's performance really makes this film for yeah. me like everything else about the film looks really good mm-hmm. but we have the classic noir hero portrayed yeah. by gordon levitt with this shift that he's a high school student of yeah. course but like the the witty ta- the witty talking the witty banter the the quick pace thinking the given instructions that everything about this character is like classic yeah. noir character mm-hmm. and joseph gordon levitt like I wouldn't say that this performance was like so good that he like he went like it's, it's not an Oscar performance, no. of course, mm. but he played into exactly what the character needed sure for the film. Mm-hmm. So I think that Gordon as an actor absolutely excels oh, yeah. in this role. Yeah. Um, he he kills it. I of, love, oh sorry. I'm sorry. Speaking of favorite characters, mm-hmm. mine was uh, Brad Bramish. Brad, Brad Bramish. Bramish. Brad, see, you don't be coming to me, come here complaining, talking about we didn't lose the game. Oh, boo hoo, boo hoo. This Brad Bramish. Hey, if you don't, if you don't put me in the game, then you ain't gonna win. You put Brad Bramish in the game, he gonna do what needs to get done, baby. Brad Bramish. <laughs> and then Brendan just fucking clocks him. Clocks, you know, him, clocks yeah. him in the jaw. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Is in the the, the, the Thoris is under Y. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god 
it was hilarious. Top ten flames of all time. Like I, my first time, we watched this. I think we were in the same class. We watched this in school. I, I, it turns out I have no idea. Oh, like, yeah. I've never seen this. So. Oh, well, in, in school, oh. <laughs> in school, watching this, I didn't get the humor. But now there's so many comedic things in here that oh, was yeah. just so funny to me. Like the um, when they're when they're sitting at the table with uh, the pen and uh, Joseph Gordon Lord uh, love his character, yeah. and the camera is fixed on the rooster with the milk. Yes. <laughs> and they're sitting there talking, and then Tug, the tough guy, he gets up, grabs the milk, the rooster milk, and starts threatening him. He's like, what are you got information that I can't beat out of you down in the basement while he's holding this rooster? <laughs> Just, you know, my favorite part of this scene then, is when he comes back. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. He leaves with the rooster, and then comes back and sends the rooster back in the middle of the frame. I'm like, oh yeah, that's comedic. <laughs> <laughs> Very well done. Very yeah, well done. But so that scene also exemplifies why I think this car- this movie works with the setting shift that it did because it is ridiculous that there are high school students. Mm-hmm. But then the movie doesn't take itself too seriously in that fact, mm-hmm. and it starts making fun of them by in, in that scene itself by having the mom, the mom yep. just be like, "You want or- like orange juice or apple juice? Yep. You got milk, and then well, you already have the milk with your cereal. So uh, <laughs> how about some apple juice? It's fresh squeezed apple juice. That's mm-hmm. fine, ma'am. Well, I don't know. Well, you want some orange? <laughs> <laughs> But these people are in like a dire life or death situation. Like a woman is dead. Yeah. And there are more people like about to die because of this like drug deal that they got going on. Yeah. But they're high school students. So Mm -hmm. like Rian just plays with the humor of that. And I think that's why the the like the 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 hard shift of setting works really well because Johnson knows Mm. that it is ridiculous and he's playing into that. Is is Joseph Gordon Lovett a protagonist? In this movie? Yes. You believe so? I would think so. Mm. But I feel like in Crime Noir... Like it's it's a different kind of protagonist. There's never a it's never it's more of like an anti-hero because like Mm -hmm. there's never an actual protagonist antagonist in the story. I think in just in in general in crime noir. I don't mean just in. I feel like there's an antagonist in everyone. Well, there's an an antagonistic force, but there's not an antagonist in the way that like Like one character teaches something. Like Like you would think, oh, the pen was the antagonist, but then all of a sudden Mm. it becomes Tug, and then Mm. like you know for a second there, Brad might have been the antagonist. Mm. So I feel like. I think antagonist force is probably yeah. yeah. Right. Way to put that. So I think that in crime noir, does this? I've just learned this concept. That's called the narrative arcs, and there's and like I said before, the positive narrative arc, the negative narrative arc, mm. and then there's the <laughs> then there's the the flat character arc, mm. which is a flat character arc is characterized by a character knowing exactly how they interact in the world mm. and how they view the world and having that steadfast like truth to them. Yep prevalent and then the environment is what is changing around them due to what their actions are yeah so i think that as a protagonist joseph gordon levitt is a protagonist Mm. but there's no positive or negative arc it's a flat character arc gotcha because the intrigue of joseph gordon levitt's character in this movie is seeing how he manipulates the world around Around him him. and then how the world around him changes because Because of of what he's doing yeah um, so I think Lauren's Ooh. right. I don't think there's any protagonist antagonistic forces. Mm. They're just like a negative flat arc and then a positive, positive and then like yeah. or like neutral yeah. flat arc. Yeah. That's what I think. I like that. You know who ended up being my favorite character? Who? And he didn't end up becoming my favorite character until the second time I watched it. Tug? Which was this yes. Oh uh, yeah. So <laughs> here's the thing. Like <laughs> the first time you watch it, you just see Tug as like this one-dimensional character okay. right and then there's like little things that he does like you can relate to him a little bit like you can understand his anger understand his anger for one especially when you realize that he's just been under the pin's thumb for so long mm. and he feels like because he's the pin still kind of undermines him a bit mm. that he never 
like he's never going to get to that point where he wants to, but right. there's just little, little things. So like, um, so that scene where the mom was in it and she's mm-hmm. like offering JGL some like beverage options. Yeah. Right. The original option that he had offered up or he wanted was orange juice, mm-hmm. but she was like, Oh, it doesn't look like we have orange juice. I really thought we did. Mm-hmm. Oh, but we have apple juice. Yep. Is that right. for you? Right. Well, so without even asking like after he catches jgl snooping around in the basement they go back to the the kitchen the dining area Mm -hmm. and uh tug just hands him a cup of orange juice Mm -hmm. like that was something that he remembered that's something he like you know he put into the his files there so and then there were like just several other moments like it seems like oh that tug is some you know um, muscle head he was mm-hmm. just beating up jgl um for like being by his car or whatever but mm-hmm. it was really he there was a method to his madness the right. entire time and throughout the entire story there was there's a sort of underlying brilliance to him mm-hmm. because he's trying to cover up what he did right oh, yeah. you yeah. know yeah. so yeah tug ended up being like mm-hmm. a character i really really appreciated there was a like i wanted to know a lot of his backstory because you have to assume like what possessed you to be so muscular around your peers so you're not a football player a baseball player you're not mm-hmm. an athlete so mm-hmm. what possessed you to to make yourself look like that around your peers number two where's your anger coming from it's not just you know out of the blue here's anger so there's something in his family life possibly and something that's going on with him with the pen mm-hmm. you know that's getting him angry mm-hmm. but i like the moment to where uh, Joseph Gordon-Lovett is able to understand that. He's getting uh, shook up by Tug up against the wall and he was like, yeah, I'm not getting all the answers from the pen. That's why I'm down here snooping around and it's just when I don't get all the answers, then uh, it makes me angry. Mm-hmm. And then Tug stops for a second and he's like, hmm. I understand, I understand that. that. Right. You know, it's just like, okay, that, yeah. that's where he, he operates through is just like, it, he understands anger. So I don't know, yeah. it's like I, I identify, not identify, but I, I Appreciate I, I appreciate him a little yeah. more. The the part of the reason why I also appreciate it, he talks is by like he's not my favorite character at mm. all. I, but the reason I appreciated him is because of what you said, the underlying brilliance mm. about him, mm-hmm. but also the idea of like how trauma shapes your actions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because whatever his history was before the movie, we don't really know. But we know that he does kill Emily, mm. and that is bearing on his head. So he becomes much more aggressive. He becomes much more. Um, I think assertive about his violence yeah. and like getting what he wants through violence because he knows that's the power that he has because yeah. mm-hmm. he feels so out of control as a character. Yeah. And so like I appreciated those tiny moments of brilliance and Tuck's character even though and I really soft hated moments the character. too. Yeah. yeah. The like, moment where you're sitting on the toilet. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, yeah. Just going through the whole yeah. murder situation yeah. and everything like that. Like I appreciated that and it was fucking awesome. I, yeah. I felt like a strong yeah. bonding moment when um, he just kept whooping Joseph Gordon-Lovett's ass mm-hmm. and he doesn't retaliate he just right. takes the punch and gets back up and then when um when he drop took drops off and then he throws a key a can gets thrown at his car and he stops for a second he's like should i go get back out of this car and fuck him up and it's like as you when you're watching the first time he's like okay well no i'm not gonna get out of the car to fuck him up because if i get back out of this car then it's gonna be the same thing i'm gonna hit him again i have to deal with this kid some more so he just drops off right you know so joseph gordon he starts walking he was like well fuck then coming streaking back down fast as shit is the car and joseph understands what's about to happen he knows like you're not about to kill me you're still trying to test like equality or you're scared of death or you're afraid like so he he just closes his eyes and wait for it to happen goes back up knocks on the window i want to see the pin <laughs> and that moment he was like i guess you do yeah. like that i was like oh yeah like he recognizes him mm-hmm. he sees him and i was mm-hmm. like i, I love that part 
Right. Yeah, you ain't a little li- lily livered bitch. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know? and that's the same lily thing that Pen recognizes. It's like, no. oh, I see that you're not afraid of me, but I also see that you're kind of a little nuts. Yeah. You know, so that you got both of those things kind of working for you. So, no, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, so like that whole preset with Tugs. So, I, I love Gordon Levitt's characters, yeah. uh, Brendan. I love his, not his shift throughout the movie, but the way that he navigates the film because mm. he starts very small steps and everything is like a really sensical escalation to what happens even though the situation itself is fucking ridiculous Mm. and like the opening hook of the movie like the thing that catches your attention in the movie is a dead blonde girl Mm -hmm. in the same hole um like in that watering sewer or whatever and uh he starts with that he gets your attention he shows you immediately that the 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 straits of the situation are life and death for somebody and then he takes us to takes us to before that happens takes us to the event of the movie which mm. would and like i feel like in a lot of movies the flashback would be the ending of the film yeah and then and rian johnson took us that point in the middle of the film mm. and then showed us the aftermath of that moment yeah um which is a really interesting thing because that moment decides is really the divisive moment where the movie took a really dark turn yeah, yeah, sure. and it went from like kid kind of being over his head to kid definitely being way, way over his head, head. yeah mm. And, oh, yeah. and so like but Gordon Levitt's just like stone cold approach to that was really really fascinating to me because he was always the same character mm-hmm. and he was always like knowing how to use people to get the next bit of information that he needed um, but after that point the, the like the scales really start to to escalate with life or death situations and Gordon Levitt knows it mm. as a character but he doesn't let that sort of affect his resolve because he was trying to get this information so like heavily you know yeah. and like I, I, that was fucking cool it's a like classic film noir shit right there where like the main guy is a self-destructive mm. masochistic asshole um but he's doing this thing for like the noble reason and yeah. i say yeah. that in quotation marks yeah. you know? i love how they like the the non i guess is it non-verbal communication technically mm-hmm. i love the non-verbal communication right. um throughout where because it's very appropriate for the time Mm-hmm. Without you know displacing you know the 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 theme too right. much, right? So it's like the use of payphones yeah. and you know the brains like, oh yeah, you know that she she had to make two phone calls, but on a payphone because she didn't want to end up on her phone bill. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Or um, what was it? The little passing notes around yeah. on paper, yeah. and mm-hmm. I just love uh, I loved like just those little nuances for that were appropriate for the time. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and like they were appropriate for the time, but they were also an extension of the, the noir elements yeah. from mm-hmm. previous film eras. Yep. Where like the payphone would be the guy standing in the corner with information. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Things. I like how they were able to parallel so many different things with that. Like mm-hmm. going from the original noir, like you would have the um, the principal who would be like the uh, the, the chief detective. Yeah. You know, paralleling that, and he's talking <laughs> about the VP. You know, who would be just like another like. Um, person within the police department or whatever. The like, VD. The, yeah, 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 as, yeah, As opposed to the vice detective, it's yeah, the vice, vice principal. principal yeah. Yep. yeah, so I was like, I, I was loving those parallels and like the um, the other like gumshoe who would have been 
like a side detective who's getting information from was the guy with the glasses that sits there. Brain. The brain. The brain. Yeah, yeah. I love brain. It's like, I, I just love all of those parallels. And to piggyback, we were talking about the, um, the nonverbal communication. I love the actual verbal communication, like the dialogue. Mm-hmm. This is like probably top 10 movies I've seen as far as like my enjoyment of dialogue. Oh, so yeah. There was one that I seen you posted up on Twitter and it was one of my favorite lines too. <laughs> I love that line. He was too. like, throw one at me if you want hash head. I got all five senses and I didn't sleep last night. So that puts me six up on the lot of you. It's <laughs> like, yeah. It's just so like, like who the fuck says things like that? Like no kid will ever speak like that, but it just yeah. works so well. Yeah. There's a time when he's on the phone and um, he finds an invitation that um, from Emily's body mm-hmm. and uh, he calls and Laura's like, who is this? And he's like, I won't waste your time. You don't know me. Laura says, I know everyone and I have all the time in the world. <laughs> I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, talking is this? So good. So, so we, we obviously talked about Gordon Levitt being the, the crime noir protagonist, but yeah. also we have Laura being the femme fatale protagonist. Yes, mm-hmm. the femme fatale, you the chanteuse. Yep. yep. Uh, and it's like, and like she embodies that with like the outfit. Yep. You got like the sleek dresses, the mm-hmm. fancy headwear, yeah. the standing in corners and appearing at just the right time. And her tonality. She, right. she did that so well spot on like like raspy voice yeah Yeah, fucking great oh my gosh like i can't i can't remember what else i've seen her oh gossip no that's not i don't know she she's in she's some like she was a mark maron show really yeah i don't know what for but she was a maron show but like yes she she is very talented and like what's funny is that you know you have to still remember that they're high school students so they did a really good job of like making her like uh sexy in a really dark way right. without taking away the fact that she is that 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 sort of naivety that has that sort of right. innocence about her yeah. that face she is like a face of a cherub okay yeah right. she does she really does but like that's she, awesome. Yeah. She still pulls it off so well but something about yeah something about like contrasting the innocence of a high school student with the like the maliciousness of a femme fatale works mm. really well for that character as well yeah. i think megan good did really awesome in her in her trope particular mm-hmm. trope as well as the vamp right and like i mean they even directly reference her as the theater vamp so no, it wasn't absolutely. hard for you to understand who she was yeah. right? right um and she also is like low-key just badass as fuck because she just had whole, like dudes just like you know fucking sucking her toes i guess all i don't the time. know i was like is she, oh. is she just getting that pussy eight like twenty four seven? I was trying to eat that pussy for years. Megan Good was on my list for the longest. <laughs> you know, she married this preacher, you know, like five years ago, and she's fell off the map, but she's still fine, super fine. She, yeah, she. she I, I actually loved that, that role. role. Mm-hmm. Like her, her role as a theater vamp, I thought was like really intriguing yeah. and the point they were able to put like all those masks on in different wardrobes because mm-hmm. she was in theater like giving her an excuse for it like that's awesome especially when like i think it came out the most striking after they found out about dode's death oh okay. and she she's was wearing like kabuki the, makeup? oh yeah the white yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah the geisha makeup is that what kabuki. It's kabuki yeah, yeah. okay um do, do you know about that like i don't know anything about it do you know what kabuki is yeah, yeah. so kabuki um is a form of theater mm-hmm. that they used to have in japan um, you want to think of it very similar to how they ran Shakespeare's theaters okay. uh, back in the day. It was actually all men, and mm. they would castrate men um, to play the female roles. Right, so 
that they would keep the high voices. High pitched voice. They would bind their body so that way they have a more feminine figure. Um, but yeah, so kabuki um, is just another type of theater, just in like, the Japanese realm. And if you look at her, like the other one that she had, she was doing like vaudeville theater in okay. one. Yeah. So like I liked how they there was a purpose. They were really intentional with the costume designs that. That, that with her makeup and yep. costume, right? So that way she would portray a different kind of theater every time she was in a scene, yeah. mm -hmm. like ballerina. Like I mean, she 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 she, she held it down. Yeah, no, they killed it down. Uh, I I really dancing. I really liked her character too. Mm -hmm. She wasn't prevalent, but every time that she was on the screen, I felt like she, she carried some presence. Yeah, you she know? took over the screen for sure. Um, oh they, they had the line uh, continuing on dialogue. They had the line when uh, he finally meets the pin. Oh. All right, and what do you think about like the super sense of security from the pen? Like even amidst like where he realized his muscle is running loose and doing things, he still just feels so secure enough to where like the, the body language stuff. Mm -hmm. As soon as we see the pen for the first time, he has a desk that's on the other side of the room against the wall with his, uh, his chair back facing towards the door. Yeah, back his back the facing door, the door, yeah. and he's looking at the damn wall, and it's like that's an ultimate position of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just like does not matter to him. He has the security of everything nothing can touch him we see this again when he goes to the beach and he's sitting directly at the shoreline and mm -hmm. then he has joseph gore behind him mm -hmm. and right. then we look behind joseph then we got tug way behind <laughs> him you know it was just like how the ultimate sense of security that this guy has and then to have it he doesn't realize until the end you know where he's getting the complete dog shit beat out of him mm -hmm. by his wild dog that he's had for him for the longest so it's like i felt bad for him that that was happening to him yeah. it was and i think we were supposed to feel that while um joseph gordon lovett is standing there with the gun it's like should i help him should well, he's i not begging help for him? brendan's help too yeah he's like he's screaming begging yeah. and he's like well you still are shit guy you know you should have realized this before i told you he was a mad dog before but you know it's still kind of fucked up here i'll kick the gun in whatever happens happens mm -hmm. <laughs> right yeah. there you go take it yeah um i i I liked his I liked his parallel with the untouchable boss. Yes. The untouchable mob boss. Yep. That was a really cool parallel for the pin. Which is like it wasn't subtle, like it was no. pretty obvious. No but doubt. um the fact that he's got all the security going around and then usually in those movies the way that you get to the boss mm is by manipulating an underling of the boss yeah. and then doing all that shit. So yeah. like even the plot structure is like very and Classic. He, and then he was like, are, are we, are we going to hire you or are we going to like um, kill you, basically? Right. Yeah. And then he finds out and the guy comes again. That's my favorite scene in the movie. Mm -hmm. When the guy with, with the knife, he comes up and then he cuts his jacket and then the chase starts happening. They're both wearing like loud ass Clyde Hopper boots <laughs> that you can hear going through. And he cuts the corner, takes off both of his boots, slides down the alley and then trips him. And then the sound, the doom, like a yeah. bell being rung when his head hits the pole favorite scene in the movie Love that's, that. that's it's an awesome pretty dope scene. really well choreographed oh, yeah. what the fuck was up with the pins shoes though like can anyone explain the purpose that. of that like why he had why he had one boot and one dress shoe was yeah. there like was there supposed to he be some a, sort of he was a cripple yeah he mentioned that. he was uh, yeah. he, I, okay. I say cripple insensitively because that's the way they refer to him in well, the then, movie, yeah but, that's true yeah. um he he had a cane he had an injury on his foot but, oh, it was a foot okay. injury. Yeah, it was a foot injury. Okay. Yeah. And that's why he wore a boot on one and yeah. then like a dress shoe on the right. other. Yeah, okay. I think so. That's such a weird way to kind of like translate that. Right, yeah. Or like try to portray that. Sorry, not translate. Mm. Portray that. Because, yeah. yeah, I feel like if it, it, it would have almost been better if it was like a... Like one of those boots that you put on when your foot is broken, like as opposed to like boot. an actual combat boot. Yeah. Well, I, I well I also think like think about this as a character. He he doesn't want to show vulnerability. Exactly. Yeah. So putting on the the combat broken boot shoe boot, you makes know, him seem like oh yeah, I, I may be a cripple, but yeah, this is a strong foot. Either way, okay. Right. Okay. Thank you. So.
So that shit's cool. That's yeah. a good point. And the way, and when they were when they're negotiating, and he was like, mm-hmm. "So what exactly do I need from you?" He's like, "So, so what exactly are your services so I can be specific on the invoice?" <laughs> like that's comedy. <laughs> it's straight comedy. <laughs> I was like, "What the hell?" He's like, "You got basically like a hitman, do about guy that could do anything for you. What are your services so I can be specific yeah, on the man. invoice?" Like get the fuck out of here. The dialogue for this movie just fucking yeah, yeah. so good, delicious. Um, I really loved because I uh, the thing about this movie is that like the plot is intricate, but it's not complex. Mm. So there's a there's a lot of players, there's a lot of characters, but all the information that you need to keep track of it is on screen, or you're finding it out alongside Brendan yeah. Fire. Yeah. Um. So it's not complicated to keep track of, but I do like that the f- the way that information is revealed is always with Gordon Levitt's character. Like mm. we don't we have no sense of dramatic irony in yeah. terms of like we know something before he does. Nope. You may be able to predict something, but I like that Laura was a pervasive character throughout the entire film. And then the final confrontation ended up being with Laura. Yeah. And that also that classic femme fatale versus protagonist show off mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. happened that leads to one of my favorite scenes in the entire fucking movie. To the last one? Yeah, the last scene where yeah. it's like <laughs> Brendan like breaks down everything that she did. You want yes. me to tell the tale? Fucking you want me to tell the tale? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, it goes on and then she was just like you got it everything but one thing and then it's like it was your baby she's like what the fuck (laughs) ah, so good but like the way that it's shot too like if you put that shit in black and white and just give everyone a fedora like it looks exactly (laughs) like a like a noir thing so to, to be clear does she the last thing that she said was it motherfucker I think so. Okay, all right. Because, yeah. like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, you got me pregnant. Then she whispers mother something in his ear. Then the friend, the brain comes by. It's like, what, what did she whisper to you? Uh, she said a dirty word to me. Which is another funny thing. Yeah. Because the entire film, they're talking about a murder and drugs and missing. Mm-hmm. Not a single one of them cursed. Nope. And then he refused to curse at the end of the movie saying she called me a dirty word. Yeah. So another <laughs> joke at the fact that they are in quite fact young. Yeah. Very good way to break the fourth. Also oh, true. Mm-hmm. Um, What's up? I do want to pick your guys' brain on something. Yeah. Kind of on Brendan's like backstory a little bit. Do you think that there was a point where he was part of the dr- drug circuit, working the drug circuit, and he feels partially responsible for um, introducing Emily into that world, and that's why she not, he, he was so obsessive? Not drugs specifically, because uh, he was still trying to get the lingo on bricks and whip and trying. He didn't understand mm, everything. He was getting true, the lingo on it. True. But I do, do think that within that school, he had his hands in a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, he was he was part of the like the CD underground, but yeah. not necessarily 100%. drugs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. He did say he did mention that he was a dealer with Jur, the guy that he ratted on. Yeah. Um. So it might have been like a dealer of like a smaller type of drug yeah. instead of like, like some weed or something. Maybe weed. Fucking yeah. is it heroin, heroin that they're dealing? Yeah. yeah. So it might have been like like weed or some shit like that. And yeah. but I, I but I think that he he's an obsessive dude. Mm-hmm. He was just obsessing over Emily, and mm-hmm. the fact that she died just gave an outlet to that obsession. Yeah, and I think yeah. it was really smart of them or of the director to use heroin as a big drug because that was also very real at the time. Mm-hmm. Like when when heroin started infiltrating like the high school scene, and not just like the gross alleyways of like you know beaten down urban you know right. areas, mm-hmm. like. White America really started getting hit by like heroin usage in high schools in the early millennia, and so I thought that I'm sure that when this movie first came out, like that was the it it, it hit home for a lot of people. Right. Um, 
I, I, I generally, like, in terms of, also, in, we haven't talked cinematography, but mm. in cinematography, this movie excels oh, yeah. at just being mm-hmm. gorgeously shot using mm. mostly what, I don't know if it's, like, true practical lighting, mm. but using what looks like practical lighting, where it's just, like, because practical lighting generates a lot of shadow. Mm. And as we know, shadows are an essential part of oh, the no way more. that you are, yep. the way that your noir film looks. Yeah. And I think that the idea that we kept, like, there were scenes of darkness and scenes that we would only see a body, not only see a face, like only see like a silhouette or a shadow yeah. um, or, or using practical sunlight mm-hmm. where things didn't look necessarily cinematic. Yeah. But by virtue of them not being cinematic, it gave them an air of reality that I think really helped the film. Okay. So like all the scenes that were outside in broad daylight, they looked sort of student filmish. Yeah. But not in a bad way at all. Do you know that he shot this on a minimal budget and edited the whole thing on his MacBook? Really? In 2004. Goddamn. Yeah. It's like, I think the, the budget was like, what, 500,000? I, I, I forgot to write I down. So. I think it's like yeah. 400 to 500,000. Yeah. So, like, wow. really cheap movie. Yeah. But, like, just what he could do with those, like, tiny resources yeah. was just fucking amazing. And he only, and I think that this is where it comes, becomes really important for filmmakers to understand the genre that they're working on. Mm. Because this is, most definitely a crime noir. Oh, yeah. And understanding what makes crime noirs tick to mm. the very core of this thing means that you can remix it. Yes. And then do something really delightful once you understand, once you mm-hmm. make understand remix. the rules. Yeah. Because yeah. um, if you understand the rules of the genre, then you can break them any way yep. that you want. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like Rian Johnson, as much as directly as it looks, sounds, feels like a noir film, mm. understand that he's breaking the fundamental rule yep. of noir which is setting them in a dark city underground, like just ring of drug trading and trafficking mm-hmm. uh, with like 40 year old cynical alcoholic men. <laughs> yeah. you know? yeah. Can I ask you guys to break down a scene technically for me? Because I mean, like we're trying to figure out how the fuck they shot this. So the scene where JGL is about to or approaches Tug's car mm-hmm. and, um, you know, they get into that constantly punching and he's just like getting back up punching getting back up so before that jgl before he's about to break the car window he notices tug walking up Mm -hmm. he puts the brake down he goes around the car sits on the hood of the car tug comes up and as he's winding up for the punch they somehow keep the foreground in place Mm -hmm. but zoom out in the background without you know changing the the size of the the focal area which is them right so how how do you do that how would you do that like i i I wonder about how to do that effect too because it's like it looks it doesn't look just like they pulled back and they kept the the focal plane where it was Mm -hmm. it also feels like they added some speed ramping effects and then some stop motion photography effects in there as well, that's speed motion. They they sped it up. This yeah. is this this real time, real time, real time, real time. Speed. Yep. Yeah. Just fast forward, zoom. It's yeah. a speed ramp. So uh-huh. what I think happened is that they cut just before the punch, mm-hmm. and then yeah. they doll it in with double a sort time, of maybe. double time, but they doll it in with a sort of small vertigo effect mm. to move the fo- move the background and the subjects at the same time. Um, so the, I don't know if you know, but the vertigo effect is when you move the camera back or forwards mm-hmm. and then you move the zoom of the lens in the opposite direction. Oh. And so it creates a separation of the background or a really like flatness of the background really fucking quickly. Yeah. Okay. And, and so what I think is that they combined that movement okay. with a speed ramp effect. And so it gave it this unnatural look um, at the punch and then made it 
really land. And oh, then yeah. they added a frame of white when the punch lands uh, to heighten the impact of the punch. Oh, yeah. Cool. So that's that's how I would assume. That's how I would think they did yeah. it. Yeah. I, I love how how the um there, there was because I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption and um just seeing like westerns and mm-hmm. and neo noir stuff. But um there's a scene where he's in the football field. He gets his ass whooped and then he wakes up with like the newspaper on his face. <laughs> it's just like another day. I love that like transition of oh this is another day. It's just it's, I love that absolutely. Just you starting off from where are you at? Up oh, take the newspaper off. Up oh, here's the sky. Here's the grass. I'm laying in the mud. Love that. Yeah. that fucking great. Mm. Um, another like little subtle things that are like great character moments is when Gordon, when Levitt takes off his glasses, mm. and this only happens once, but he looks at the pin, and then he takes off his glasses. He doesn't have the glasses on because he just got kidnapped essentially, mm. and then he's looking at the pin, and we still can't see who he is. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, "Fuck, I gotta put the glass." Yeah. But and then we see, we get the reveal. I think it's just like that. That it's just a really cool way to like get some funny out of it, but also put you that this is a POV shot. We're seeing this from the POV of mm. um, Gordon Levitt, and that's really how it is too. I thought they did a really good job because I'm yeah. actually blind, so <laughs> like that, that's exactly how how it feels when you like, yeah. especially when you wake up in the morning. You're just like, I can't see anything. Where are my glasses? And it's like, oh, it's I, lo- I love that scene. Like when he walks in, he was like, uh, "So you're the pin?" He was like, "Yeah." So uh, I'm really curious as to what you're going to say next. <laughs> and then it's like, maybe I'll just sit here and bleed at you. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Just bleed at him. I love that. God, I, I just, like, everything about this movie is just, like, smart, resourceful, amazingly well-written, mm. super well-structured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the surefire brand of a director that understands not only a genre, but understands how to break down a genre mm-hmm. and how to build it in his image. Yeah. And it is a spectacular piece of cinema. It's very nice. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not surprised that this is the guy that ended up directing one of the biggest properties in the fucking world. It's, it's nobody liked it, but I loved it. I fucking, I love the <laughs> yeah. last. I love Did we the see last that together? Uh, no, no. Oh. We saw it very close to each other. Okay. Last the Last Jedi. Jedi. Oh, last Jedi. Yeah. Oh. Got a lot of got a lot of flag. A lot but, of flag. But it got a lot of flag also because this is what Rian Johnson does. He understands the genre. Yeah. He breaks it down and then he builds it in his image, like yeah. I just said. Yep. And the Last Jedi was completely unlike any of the other Star Wars yes. films. Yeah, true. Because he understood the truth. Yes. Yeah. And yep. then broke it down and did what he wanted with it. Yep. And I think that that's like not only is he a risk, I think a risk-taking director. Yeah. He's an amazing, amazingly talented writer yeah. and an amazingly knowledgeable person. He doesn't yeah. have a huge body of work, mm-hmm. but Break, Looper, and Last Jedi have all been Hits. movies that I love. Me too. Uh, so I think I think Rian Johnson is one of the most like he's he's not influential yet. No, he will be though. But yeah. he is one of like the generation of filmmakers that came after him is one. He's going to be one of the directors that are going to sure look will. at. Shouts out, shouts mm-hmm. out. Make sure you uh, come to FFS one day. and I hope know, so. Yeah. That'd be so awesome. Grace these two <laughs> gentlemen with your presence. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th- I think I think Break is an achievement of cinema and a severely under-recognized film Absolutely. apart from the following. The fact that I only saw it two weeks ago for the right. first time is like really upsetting to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you'll find the offensive person. He has a new movie coming out this year with Lakeith Stanfield, Jamie oh. Lee Curtis, Daniel Craig, and Chris Evans. Oh, nice. Nice. He's He wrote and directed this one. It's called Knives Out. Knives Com- Out. comes out this November. Like, group of people that, that yeah, that together. is a thing. Yeah. Said it's, uh, the plot is unknown. It's described as a modern mystery in a classic who did it style? Oh, I'm fucking who done it? Style? I'm yeah. fucking oh. it. Yeah. I'm sold. Me too. Nah, yeah. That's it. That's all I got now. Hell yeah, Ryan. 
I'm so sweet. So um, overall, like rating of brick. You know that's 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 Brian's job to do mm-hmm. that. So if you know, like you can you know stay in your role and. <laughs> I am staying you know, my own. You know, I decided to just, take just that sit. over. So oh oh you Anyways, gonna take that, you gonna take that shit? Overall, you gonna take that shit, I like strong overall. women. So. You know, yeah, I do. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so rating, what would you give it? Uh solid nine. Solid nine. Okay. How about yeah. you? I'm going eight. I'm going, I'm going nine too. Nice. Yeah. I think this movie deserves all of the praise that it can get. It's very yes. good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, th- that was Brian Johnson's Brick. Yes. Um, I think one of the best crime thrillers that I've seen. Okay. Um, nice. In general, I think I think it's it's this movie Memento mm. are, are like my two favorite crime thrillers. It's it's one of my. It's definitely of the past twenty years. Is top five. Right. Yeah. Top five. Definitely. Um, but yeah. So if you if you like noir, you like crime mysteries or crime thrillers of any sort, Brick is the perfect movie for you to give oh, it a go. Yes. It's totally worth it. And uh, if you haven't seen any of Rian Johnson's work, uh, this is a perfectly good place to start. Yeah, what the Do fuck that. are you waiting for? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so that's Brick, and then we're gonna cut and talk about television and movie premieres. Yeah. <laughs> and welcome back. Television movie premieres. All right. This week, television movie premieres from Tuesday, February the 12th through Monday, February the 18th. The first one's going to be this Tuesday, the 12th, is Boomerang. It's a comedy on BET, 10 p.m. If anybody has seen the um, the famous Eddie Murphy movie, Boomerang, Mm-mm. no all white motherfuckers. But, uh, <laughs> it's just funny because there's like no white people in no, there literally at all. no white people in this entire house. It's a table of like minorities. <laughs> me, and Laura, me and Lauren looked at each other. It's like, should we just walk out? Like, <laughs> Let him have his moments. Okay. No, um, um, but Boomerang is it's a huge movie in black culture. Like it's y'all have heard of coming to America at the very least. Yeah. But that's that's like um the black people's coming to America. Every black person you know, 80% of black people that you know, any black person above the age of 29 has seen this. Okay. <laughs> there we go. It's a lot of caveats. I was saying, yes. I'm gonna ask my boyfriend. He's, he's, he's pretty young still, too, though. So he might have seen it. But um, but yeah, boom, boomerang, Eddie Murphy, David Allen Greer, Martin Lawrence, James With- John Witherspoon. I mean, this movie. Um, John Witherspoon? Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. No? When my love go bang, bang, bang. Listen, mate. What's that sound going all through the night? Nobody? You're, bark, you're barking up the wrong Sound I hear when I'm holding you tight. I No, no. idea. I think he's Damn just it. trying to show off at this point. No. Nobody knows Bang Bang Bang, no. John Witherspoon. Oh, you ain't seen Friday. Neither one of y'all have seen Friday. Oh, I watched, I watched Friday for the first time he's, after you guys had the podcast. He's That's Craig's dad. Oh, oh, he's um in Jamie Foxx's show, the Jamie Foxx show. No, that's he's a the different dad. black guy. No, baby, no. <laughs> really? I promise. That's that someone is, else. The dad in the Jamie Foxx show is the dad is the guy that's on Two Broke Girls. That's a different black guy. That is the same black guy. What are you talking? I'm not about? even gonna argue about this because this is very embarrassing for you. <laughs> it is. It really is. Oh my god, Blake can't listen to this episode, <laughs> or I'll just cut it off right before this portion. <laughs> That's um. That's Tuesday, February. Oh my the god! I'm, I'm, gonna about the next <laughs> I'm never gonna live this one down. But no, um, but yeah. Shit. And that's rock- like that's the equivalent of Christopher confusing another Asian actress for like another Asian yeah. actress. <laughs> yeah, it every day for me. Like confusing Lucy Liu. No, my favorite was when Jonathan was like, "It's a, it's like a, it's a Korean." Can I, can I say that? Can, can, is it Korean? It's a Korean film. You know, that's a Korean. <laughs> 
No, but um, but yeah, all those people were in it, and uh, Holly Berry was in this. Robin Givens, I don't know if anybody remembers her anymore. She was dating uh, Mike Tyson back in the day. She got her ass whooped, but then went back to him. She was what? Robin Givens got her ass whooped by Mike Tyson. Yeah. Oh. She was very. She had her own talk show for a little while. She's very popular, but um. Yeah, I, not, yeah, I, have no I didn't shows. know a guy that talks like this could whoop the math. Whoop uh, woman ass. He, I mean, well, yeah, because he's my career of whooping ass. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a professional weird. fighter, but like, I didn't, I, I don't know. I feel like if you have a lisp, you're like naturally a genteel soul. No, he didn't always have that lisp like that. He didn't talk. He was always soft spoken like a Michael Jackson, but it was the lisp wasn't as strong in the like early nineties. Before going to jail and getting like hit in the head a bunch of times, but that, that's also true. But uh, but no, he was he was he was, anyway. But that's so uh, that's Boomerang. There's a television show coming out. There's a comedy. BET 10 p.m. Um, I'm excited for it because Eddie Murphy is back doing stuff. That's Robin Givens. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen her. Uh, there's really no need to. I mean, she doesn't have a good reputation. It's a weird thing because like she's a victim. Like she mm-hmm. legitimately got beat by um, Mike Tyson. by Mike Tyson. Yeah. But she's also been in the media for ten years afterwards, not doing good things okay so i'm just gonna leave her alone right. <laughs> yeah. yep. sucks that she went through that yeah exactly yeah um yep. sucks that i didn't like i didn't even know about that so i guess i mean that's like you were probably five maybe right. you, <laughs> you know, know what fair enough yeah it was fair like this happened like 1992 yeah it literally happened in 1992 born. I, yeah really? no that's right oh. yeah i was i was one you, nine, you were not five. alive yet well yeah, yeah i this, wasn't alive yet either, but. No. that's why this conversation is taking so long all right so that's <laughs> that is boomerang <laughs> A comedy that's going to be on BET at 10 p.m. this Tuesday, February the 12th. <laughs> the, the next thing is a Wednesday, February the 13th. It's called Weird City. It's a sci-fi comedy on YouTube Premium. Um, mm-hmm. This is coming from uh, Jordan Peele. It's supposed to be like a Twilight Zone type mm-hmm. thing. Um, oh. That's a weird platform for that to release, yeah. it's, um, especially after Get Out. Like, exactly. But I mean, he's trying to tackle everything. He's yeah. been on Hulu. He's p- producing something for Netflix. I mean, he's trying to what go he, everywhere. What is he on Hulu? It's not out yet. But oh, okay. um, hold on, I can find out. Let me f- remember read this shit right here. But he, <laughs> he has so much stuff coming out that it's like upsetting. Like he's not writing, directing a lot of stuff. He's producing a lot of stuff, right. and it's just he has his hands in so many baskets. Well, well like, he's man. putting like he's doing a really admirable thing where he's putting his money and products that he believes in that he, yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah films that he believes in yeah i, I don't know it's like I, I i would rather i don't know it's like you kind of have the nicholas cage approach mm-hmm. to where it's like you believe in a lot of stuff you know and you always give a decent performance or you have like a leonardo dicaprio approach to mm-hmm. where you only do specific things and you hit home runs yeah. so right. it's, it's kind of a weird well, nicholas place. cage had a tax evasion but that's why he does something just getting, get, trying to get that money I like mean, he or, just needs paychecks or samuel jackson samuel jackson don't need that money <laughs> you know so it's like it's just different ways to look at it but it's like I don't know. but that's weird city it's going to be on uh, youtube premium you're going to have rosario dawson on there ed oh. o'neill who you might know as uh from um bundy God damn it, y'all, y'all don't know that Listen, show. Listen, uh, I, 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 uh, Love and the Marriage. He's currently yeah. in Modern okay. Family, isn't he? Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Bundy mm-hmm. show, all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he'll, he'll be on married there. married with kids. Married with children. Merch children. Yeah, oh, yeah, all right, okay. <laughs> Name one character on Married with Children. I know Christina Applegate was on there. That counts. Fuck yeah, her name was Kelly Bundy on the show. Mm. I fucks with you then. <laughs> so Weird City, Jordan Peele is going to be on uh, Sarah Gilbert, LeVar B- Burton, Michael Sarah, LeVar Burton, LeVar Burton yeah, no. uh, Rosario Dawson, Ed O'Neill, Please. Laverne Cox, and Yvette Nicole Brown is going to be on there. Butterflies oh, yeah. in the sky. Sounds uh, like a, that sounds like honestly like a fun. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited for us from Jordan Peele too. That movie's gonna looks really good. I'm trying not to get my expectations up, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm excited too though. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's just like it's, the hype is too high because like Get Out was a very good movie. So yeah. it's like this movie can't be better than Get Out, can it? Mm. You know, so it's like that's what yeah. we're judging it against. So I'm trying not to put any expectations at all. Right. Just go see it. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really important because it's yes, it's like a it's going to be a thriller or horror type thing, mm-hmm. but it's not the same story. No, so trying to compare them and set the expectations off of Get Out is mm. almost unfair. Yeah, it's exactly. not even sending the same, In the same relative message. Yeah. Like, it's not even, like, a race thing. It's nope. just that the family happens to be black. Mm. And he, like, Other he, like, than, talked you about know, that. telling yeah. us to get out of the U.S. <laughs> get out. <laughs> Have you guys seen that? Have yeah. you guys seen that meme? Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, uh, that's Wednesday, February 13th, Weird City. <laughs> uh, the next thing's going to be Friday, February the 15th. Dun, 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 dun. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Oh, the Kim fucking Kim live Kim action? Yes, Kim Are Possible. Are you kidding me? Possible, if you What's don't the know Captain Kim Possible. I love Kim Possible. <laughs> yes. All I right. fucking loved Kim Possible. Fuck What's yeah. the sitch? Yeah. Yeah. That was one of my favorite shows. I fucked with Nako. The Nako? I, I, I just, I don't know much about it. I would, Ron, oh, Ron I know, I know Ron Stoppable. Yeah. Na- oh, you're talking about the little gerbil uh, ferret thing that he No, had? that, no, not Rufus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, see, this is where the age gap yeah, starts to show on true. our end yeah. because. I was this like 20 something when y'all were like 10 something. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the Nako is Ron Stoppable's um, little creation where oh. he does a taco mm-hmm. with some nachos. Okay. And he Closes up in a burrito, so he calls it the naco. Where yeah. does the burrito come into place? The not burrito really. holds a nacho. Bur- so yeah, it kind. But it's yeah. not, it's not oh, represented name, in the, the name. name. Yeah. No, it's not. I mean, uh, because maybe it's, not right. <laughs> it's, okay. it's not necessary. It's not necessary. But that, that's Kim Possible. It's a comedy action family uh, show <laughs> on Disney at eight p.m. It's a live action movie based on the animated series. So you know, Did you, you know see the trailer. Saying? Well, the thing that's annoyed me about the marketing for this film is that they keep intercutting original animated footage with live action footage. Yeah. But the intercut footage is it, it's like seventy percent animated footage and then thirty percent live action footage for like every marketing material, uh, which I know happens because the live action footage looks good. fucking trash. I agree. Yeah, it's and extremely so divisive. Yeah, yeah, so they're like hiding it. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm pissed, honestly. <laughs> now I know you've awoke, reawoke, uh, reawakened the feelings that yeah. that rage. Yeah, and then it's not our market, but still, like yeah. it's an it's kind of annoying because yeah. it's a mentality of filmmaking at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's Friday, February fifteenth. Kim Possible on the Disney channel at 8 p.m. And lastly for television, Saturday, February the 16th, Olivia Newton-John hope, hopelessly devoted to you. It's a drama on Lifetime at 8 p.m. Is this like a spinoff of Danny no. Zuko and um, what was her name? Sa- Sandy? I, that, I, when they're older? No, I assume this is supposed to be some kind of like documentary about Olivia Newton-John like oh, herself. Oh, yeah. okay. Because like hopelessly devoted is one of the songs that she sang in Greece. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're trying to play off that, like, oh, you know that. So Olivia Newton-John, go watch a show, and then it's okay. nothing related to Greece at all. So it's like, not oh. a movie; it's, it's it's a documentary. Yeah, about Olivia Newton-John. Oh, okay, life. yeah, one of those biopics, like like not biopics. Might be good. I mean, I like Olivia Newton-John. So. I don't know who she is. I, I fucks with her hardcore. Oh, yeah. yeah, she was like a sex symbol in her own right. She was like probably one of the first like fitness models. You know what I, I mean? Know. Yeah. She has a song called uh, that. You heard that? You gotta believe we are magic. That song. Mm. All right, but yeah, um, that's <laughs> appa- <laughs> apparently that's like a um, like anyway. Yeah, that is Saturday, February the sixteenth. Because uh, but, uh, what we talked about last week, we had Blair on the show. Yeah. It's like I don't recognize anything as gay or straight. It's like I don't mm-hmm. unless I see like 
a guy with a dick in his ass, like, okay, that's that's gay. But any other way, like, I'm not going to hear the way you talk or the way that you dress or anything like that and recognize that is gay. Right. You know, uh-huh. and it was like with Olivia Newton-John, that song, You Gotta Believe We're Magic, is like one of like... um I guess one of the bigger songs in gay culture. Yeah. And I love anthem. that song. Yeah. And I was like, I don't recognize that as anything. Can, can, yeah. can, can, I, can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. What's up? So, um, and this came up in that other podcast that I was on, but if you were in prison for a really long time, mm-hmm. and how, long, how long is a really long time? Like, let's say like five plus years. Plus what? Huh? Five plus one year or five plus ten years? Five plus years in general. Like, so like the, the, the minimum. It, that's that's going to determine minimum, like what I'm willing to do. Like, if it's ten years, if it's 20 years, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, okay, let's say minimum five years, max like 30. Five mm-hmm. to 30 years. It's a huge. That's what I'm saying. Five so plus. Pos- so basically 30 so years. That's why I'm no. saying, like, you know, if you're if you were in prison for a really long time, you get out. Okay. Like, and in prison, your source of uh relief in terms of pleasure mm-hmm. were other men. Right. Right. Why, why not a Fifi? Why, why not just like make your own like vagina thing? Because sometimes you need to feel human skin, right? Did you listen so, to that podcast that I tried to put you on after you suggest me a podcast to listen to? I suggested you one about the people in prison and they were talking about I thought you lives. said it was that same podcast. That's what I sent you. Oh, uh, you didn't send me one. You just said, oh, I love this podcast. They, they have an episode on... Yeah, I mean, I sent it. But anyway, they, oh, you sent it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's what it was talking about. About uh, people, they they interview people that are in jail mm-hmm. and talking about some become gay because of the situation, and then they're out of jail, and then it's just oh, that was jail life, something different. Mm-hmm. Some people were just so I don't know if homophobic is the word, but it's just like mm-hmm. they didn't want to be gay so bad that they were just like they made these things called fifis to where okay. they just jacked off inside like a lubricated sock with plastic on the inside or okay. whatever. So I mean, oh. it's like, well, this is my question. This is what I'm trying to get to. Right. If you were, I guess, gay in prison, mm-hmm. right? Whatever, it, what is the stereotypical constitution of what gay is, right? Mm-hmm. Does that mean that even though outside of prison you leave that jail life behind and, you know, you go back to what you prefer, which in this particular scenario would be women, right? does that still make you kind of, are you still gay because you had sex with men before? I think I think that, that that's an individualistic response because it doesn't become about like the fact that you've had sex with men doesn't make you gay. Mm-hmm. I think it's an identification issue. So like if okay. you no longer identify as gay, you've just become a person that has had homosexual relationships. Okay. But has not but it's it's about self identity. Okay. You know? So like if you identify as a not straight person after leaving that experience, then yes. Okay. But if you don't, then you you're not, you know. I think it's like like an architect is like he goes and builds some bridges and mm-hmm. then they're like oh you're the bridge builder it was like oh no I'm a um I'm a consultant now it's like right. no but you built that bridge I know you built that bridge you're an architect you're the bridge builder it's like mm-hmm. oh I'm I'm not in that business anymore so it's like you I don't think you are defined by your actions so okay much. yeah cool because so the the general populace I guess because I feel like you guys are can separate yourselves a little bit from that mm-hmm. <laughs> um. They, from what I understand, is once you have once you have butt sex with a dude, you're always gay. And for me, I was just like, that's that's some masculine shit. Yeah, yeah and I was like, I feel masculine. like that's the yeah. idea of machismo. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely is. It's 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 a, an identification issue. Yeah. So, rocket. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, that, that is uh, Olivia Newton John, hopelessly <laughs> devoted to you. Wait, <laughs> 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 
Yeah. Man, we would make a great marketing firm. Oh yeah. Just to see that on Lifetime, 8 p.m. Saturday. Uh, that's it for television. We got a few movies. Uh, the first one is Alita: Battle oh, Angel. Still movies. I'm like, I'm, I'm into, I'm into, like, I want to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm really annoyed at the decision that they only gave Alita anime eyes, yeah. like CGI anime yeah. eyes. Nobody in the fucking film mm. has anime ass eyes, Just, except for fucking Alita, yep. and I hate it. Well, the, apparently the original trailers were really, it was really, really bad, and the trailers mm. that you guys are seeing now has, is an improvement on the eyes, and they're supposed to be a little bit more realistic than they were originally. They, which they are. They do look massively better than the yeah. original trailer, but like... Fuck me up, man. Oh, damn. Like, it's such a weird choice. Like, because it's not the best way to give homage to the fact that you're making it, basing it off an anime. No. Yeah. You know, especially like if every other, because even if it was like a cyborg thing, right. like if all cyborgs had the anime eyes, yeah. I just be like, all right, sure. Yeah. It's a divide. But like, but there are cyborgs like and humans that don't have the anime eyes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what the fuck is up with that? <laughs> like, know. everything about your movie looks great except that thing. The yeah. entire time I'm watching the movie, I'm going to be looking at her eyes and like, fuck you, whatever mm. did that. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I'm excited for that. Like, it looks like a good film. It, it looks Do you right. think you'll end up watching it in theaters or will it enrage you too much and you'll just wait till it comes out? Uh, it depends on how much money I have. Mm. Yeah. I got another question since we're doing like little side questions. Yeah. Now, the reason why... <laughs> Is is because like me, me, you and Jonathan, we talk a lot about um how I won't watch a movie unless I see the rating first. Right. Like I'm not like I'm not gonna read a review. I don't want people telling me about the movie, but I just want to see a general score. Like right. or is it getting six, sevens, and eights? I just want to know what my expectations is. So this Alita movie has a fifty-four meta score. Okay. I'm not gonna go into the movies and see this. Right. You know, but if you go see it and then you're like, you know what? It maybe it is a five or a six, but I really like it, you should check it out. You know, like I just went and advertised for a movie that's a four out of ten last week that I enjoyed. That's you true. Uh, tag, yeah, no tag. Tag. Mm-hmm. It's oh. a comedy. It's, it's not that yeah. great, but it's like, like I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So um, so this is my question. Now with Brian, you were saying that you don't you don't want to know anything going into it. No. Now or Lauren, I want to pose this question for you too. Okay. So when you're using your your uh, source of porn, your porn of choice, a <laughs> website, when you're scrolling through to find something, do you look at the percentage? Yes, I look at the picture and then I look at the percentage. Brian, so. Strategically, like when you click on something that says thirty percent. No, I only see if it's green, I click it. If it's red, I tend to shy away from it. Okay, that's 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 all. That's that's yeah. the, that, that's the point I wanted to make. I but that's say, the only thing I do with movies as well. I will say if there's a check mark, I'll click on it regardless of the percentage. That's what's also, a check, what's that's a check mark true. mean? Verified check mark amateur. is just verified. Yeah, verified amateur. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So like, Pornhub is doing the YouTube thing I use now where they have content. You read tube? Yeah, oh. I'm a red tuber. I'm an ex. I've gotten. That's why. That's why you don't know about this. Oh. Yeah, I I've gotten viruses from both S X and X. XNXX and uh, Pornhub, so okay. I've yeah. but RedTube has always treated me really well. So okay. oh, yeah, but yeah, well, Pornhub and RedTube because they're in the same network, so it's almost yeah. like the same site. Yeah. Um, but uh, they have the thing where like like YouTube, where you have like content creators. Yeah. Then Pornhub has adopted that business model, and mm-hmm. you have verified amateurs that you can. Like buy their videos directly from the site or yeah. donate to them or whatever. But it was just like so. Even with the check mark, it just gives you something to kind of know what you're getting into. Like, all right, this is a verified amateur. This is what I like. I want to see this mm-hmm. instead of just like I, I don't know. It's like I can't randomly click something, and especially like with porn or anything. That's one of my favorite things to do. It's just like I want to know what this is about. Like, because if, <laughs> yeah. if I like, I mean, it's, you get to find it's out. So you get to discover so many new things. But mm-hmm. I also like it makes me angry, and I can only be angry at myself when I do something to fuck myself 
myself over. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's that's what I look at it as. It's like if I go see this elite battle angel that I know is a 54 meta score, yeah. or even I don't. Like I say, I know no. Who score. are the critics for meta score though? Who are the critics? Yeah, like who who like kind of they're like people that you know or anything. Well, I mean, rather like what are their credentials? Well, the, the, so they got they've got two. Most of these sites operate on two bases where they've okay. got like because I know Rotten Tomato is just general public, right? No, that's both. Well, no, and Rotten Tomato is ass. Yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot of them do the same thing where like they have a critic score and then they have an audience score, mm -hmm. and their critic score is all of the press passes and all of these press agencies that have access to watch the movies. Okay, and then they write about the film, and then the audience course is just what audience that have reviewed the film um the only problem with audience reviews is that oftentimes like only a minority of people that watch the film mm -hmm. will review the film mm -hmm. uh on the websites like i've watched 107 like i think 100 films on imdb i've only rated 10 15 of them oh, wow. um so they tend to be like really biased because yes. of like if the if the if the general outlook is negative, then it'll be overwhelmingly negative on mm -hmm. audience scores, or vice versa. So is the meta score then an average of both the critic and audience score? Y yes, okay. and the uh, the critics seem to be a lot more level headed. I've been saying for like months that I feel like the um, the Rotten Tomatoes is in cahoots with a lot of these production companies. Yeah, as based for sure. on the advertisements that we see, oh, it's fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, they are. So I feel like Metacritic is a little more level headed. I mean, yeah. the user reviews are user reviews, I and mean, that's going to be the same whatever is people. You right. know, but the critic reviews, I appreciate Metascore a lot more with that. But um, cool, good yeah. to know. Yeah. yeah. But um, what movie were we on? We did the Alita. Alita. Yeah. So uh, that's Alita. The next thing coming out, Happy Death Day to You. PG um, uh, so done. No. Did not. you watch the first one? I don't even know what this is. No. Um. This is I where mean, I ranted. Oh. This is where I ranted about letting things die. Oh. Okay. You know, we yeah. talked about Slenderman, and yeah. then I went into this whole rant about this fucking Happy Death yeah. Day bullshit. Oh. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's right, what this right. fucking is. I'm done. <laughs> you, ha you have a one-time premise. Mm. You get the movie. You make your money. Hire a new writer. Do something else. Mm. Fuck you. <laughs> Call it a day. <laughs> Call it a fucking day. There, there's, there's, there's not many sequels that I that mm. I enjoy. We had a whole episode about sequels and trilogies. Oh, yeah. There's not many that I enjoy. But uh, this one, Happy Death Day to You, didn't even know about the first one. Uh, Tree Gelpman it's not worth it. discovers that dying over and over was surprisingly easier than the dangers that lie ahead. It's All kind right. of like Russian Doll. Mm -hmm. But here's my thing. Like, I, I will say, and I watched this on an international flight. Mm -hmm. um, and You for, just think you ball. Listen to that. You know, you know in Paris how good the Asian food is in Paris. <laughs> you know, and then you go over to Taiwan. And then, yeah, you know, when I'm out of the country and I'm flying first class, <laughs> <laughs> hanging out on my yacht. <laughs> 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 Anyways, and don't listen to him. I'm a broke ass bitch. I, I I am what they call a broke wanderlust bitch. Okay. Like I'm a I window shop for tickets, Flight all just flights all the time. Like mm -hmm. I have so many unnecessary like subscriptions that I'm never gonna use, but I just like seeing how cheap these tickets yeah. get. Yeah. It makes me excited. I get some weird adrenaline rush from mm -hmm. it. Anyways, um, <laughs> I will say this: when I was watching it, it was entertaining. It was fun to watch. Right. But it's a garbage movie. <laughs> well, hold on, what movie we're talking about? Oh, Happy the uh, Happy Death Day thing. The yeah. first one, yeah. yeah. The first one, yeah. Okay. So, right. like if the premise is bored and really yeah. high, yeah. and like you know, just want are really drunk, yeah. or you just want something in the background. Throw on Happy Death Day. Cool, whatever. Yeah, okay. And it's also a movie. I think it's also falls into the category of movies that you watch with friends mm. yeah. to make fun of a film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like a modern day B. Okay. Right now. Oh, and real quick, um, just about that, those user scores we were talking about, I don't think a lot of people understand in the regular, the general audience is someone will say, this is my favorite movie, 
So that means it is the best. So it's like, right. if that's your favorite movie, so that means it's a 10. Can anything be better than your favorite? So it's like, your favorite movie might be a piece of shit, Ernest Goes to Jail. And it's like the person that I loves... I movies, honestly. I, I mean, I do too. I, do too. Yeah. I, I just found out last night that he died uh, like 10 years, so years yeah, ago. Yeah, like, I was really sad when I yeah, found that out too. I was like, where's all the Ernest movies at? Where'd he go? But anyway, but um, you, the person that loves that movie, it's like they don't understand like how to critically... Uh, rate a movie that it's mm-hmm. like that movie speaks to me it's funny this is one of the funniest movie ever it's a 10 then I they, had so much fun watching it yeah. 10 and yeah. then they'll go on there and they'll give it a user review of a 10 and it's just like hold on what the fuck can we get these critics to balance this out a little bit but anyway mm-hmm. alright so um, that's Metascore but um, that is um, Alita <laughs> Battle Angel the next thing is Fighting With My Family PG-13 movie 108 minute runtime, a biography comedy drama sport movie with the 69 Metascore rundown is a former wrestler and his family make a living performing at small venues around the country while his kid dreams of joining the WWE. It's directed by Stephen Merchant and it stars oh, Dwayne Stephen The Rock Merchant. Johnson. I think I saw the trailer for that the yeah. other day. Yeah. I love Stephen Merchant. Yeah. It's really fucking great. Super great. Yeah. yeah. And starring uh, The Rock, he's been in everything mm-hmm. that you need muscles for. Ever. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> he's the coach. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the next thing is uh, Isn't It Romantic? A uh, PG-13 movie, 88-minute runtime, a comedy fantasy romance. A young woman disenchanted with love mystery- mysteriously finds herself trapped inside of a romantic comedy. Uh, I like the I like the actress, but I mm. forgot her name. Um, um, she was in Pitch Perfect. Yeah, um, oh, Rebel Wilson. Ka- Anna Kendrick. Oh, no, no, the, no, no, no. The, the, the she played Amy, the blonde lady. Rebel Wilson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, but uh, yeah. So that's Rebel Third Wilson. Uh, Priyanka Priyanka Chopra. You, you know what I'm talking about? Priyanka Chopra. No. Yeah, right. uh, Tom Ellis and Liam. Is it Priyanka Chopra the one that married? I know her name and I know Nick, her face. Nick but Jonas. I, yes, that's that. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly what it is. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that. Isn't it romantic? Mm-hmm. I had a point on this, but we're running so long, I'm going to keep it going. Uh, the next thing is Ruben Brandt Collector. Uh, it's a rated R 96-minute movie. It's an animation crime drama. A um, therapist violently kills people. He's called The Collector. It's directed mm-hmm. by somebody I don't know. All right, so check that out. Cool. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. Very well done. <laughs> Ruben Brandt Collector. Yeah. Um, is that it? I believe so, yeah. yeah. Sweet. Um, I think I've, we've talked. Oh, uh, that's what I was. Okay, so um, um this this thing is about brick, about brick. Um, isn't it romantic? Is a uh, is a movie is about a satire about making fun of romances. Yeah. So okay. there's a, there's a thing that we've talked about a number of times on the podcast about how satire is actually very intelligent because you have to understand all the elements within it. The same way we talk about making to rules to be able to break the rules. Yeah. So but that's that. Now there's another thing that with brick that did so well that you're watching it. It's like this is not a satire. It would have been so easy. To to do all those things you got p- people inside of a high school like this is just pure funny but right. he made something and then made it legitimate and yeah. that's very difficult to so do. i call those things participating parodies mm. like the when they're even when they're not satirical mm-hmm. um because it's, it's the same thing that i talk about with baby driver where they become a participating parody of something that they've been severely influenced by mm. so Baby Driver, the summer book, the summer blockbuster. Yeah. Like it, it's participating in that genre while also making fun of the tropes of that genre. Yeah. Same with Brick. It's participating mm-hmm. in that genre while honoring the tropes honoring, of yeah. Yeah. the other genre. Mm-hmm. But I call it a participating parody and because it's engaging and taking the piss out of that genre's tropes and mm. modernizing them. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, participating parodies. They're one of my favorite things in cinema and music, yes. which is why I love all the trash rap that I listen to. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, I think that's it. You got anything else to say? No, I'm good. No, no? cool. Do you guys so still do handles at the end? Yeah, we do the little spiel. 
Um, so if you could see Chris's face right now, he wants to call me out for taking your shit again. <laughs> well, no, no, I, I checked out. I'm sorry. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I was like, hey, he did that face. No, I checked out. <laughs> so, uh, you can find us on Twitter underscore FFS podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the FFS podcast. You can find us on iTunes podcast app, Google play music app under the name for film's sake. Also in Stitcher under the name for film's sake. Ew. And my personal Twitter handle is at Banner Chia. I'm at T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. Um, and I'm really only on Instagram. So at L-I-L-P-A-N-D-Y-B-U-R-R. Like Burr. Gucci Burr. Burr. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it was a blast. Uh, super fun pick for a movie. So shout out to you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have to give credit to Blake. He's the one who showed me the movie. Shout out to him. Um, and as always, yeah. I wanted to try something different for 2019. Yeah. As you guys know, part of my sign off is to say something fucking ridiculous. But <laughs> we're growing. We're, we're evolving. So I want to leave off with some food for thought. Yeah. Think about this, guys. Do you think that if every day you woke up brainwashed and could start a day new, would mm -hmm. that be better? Memento. No, I feel like that would... Well, I wouldn't know what happened the previous day. So you just like, have to write it all down on your skin. Right? I, there's a movie like that. I would hate that. I think I would hate that. Waking up every day not knowing what happened to the next day prior. I think there's like there's yeah. like a base. I feel like there would have to be a base memory. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Yeah, I guess it, it is literally Memento. But... No, I would hate I that. I have to watch that movie. Yeah. It's a really no, good movie. That 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 sucks. Yeah, no, that was so <laughs> especially for the people around you. And and this is this is why I say that because like I used to get on like you're a lot better about it now. Right. I used to talk so much trash to you while we were in school. I was like, how do you not remember this? We just had this conversation a couple of days ago. No. What the fuck? Like not remembering anything, you know? So it's like I don't I don't know. It's like it feels like if you have an experience and then you're the only person that remembers it, did it even happen? You know, because the only other person that was there has no recollection of it at all. Yep. You know, so it's like, no. But there are people who live their lives happy that they don't remember the, mm. what happened yesterday or something. Yes. I was like, oh, well, there's part of my life that I missed, but oh, well, I uh, had fun, I'm sure. Ignorance is bliss, sure. Yeah. I mean, they, they're blissful, but it doesn't make people around you happy. Well, anyways. You know, no. I feel well, like I would guys, hate it. Lauren, Lauren came over like yeah. um, oh when uh, Blake came over. She was like, oh, my God, you guys painted the house? I was like, yeah, three years ago. You've been <laughs> over like five times since we painted. Are you serious? Sure? Because I don't know. Like, no, yeah, I'm very sure. You've been over a number of times. We've painted the house a long time ago. Very observant. Anyways, guys, <laughs> leaving it off on this is 